What's up, listener? Thanks for clicking play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd podcast. We have got a lot of geek boner loaded up, ready for your ear holes to consume. We start out with a little bit of news about Deadpool, Wonder Woman, Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix, Thor Ragnarok, and more. Then you are going to get our spoilerific review of Hugh Jackman's last outing as Wolverine in Logan. Plus a little superhero science and all this with a special guest joining us all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, March 10th, 2017. Shit, bitch, we're going to bust up that stage like a high school kegger. We're just going to out with LaFour's X-Men style. Should I call you Logan Weapon X? No, Wolverine, snickety, snickety, snowing. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. All right, what's up? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd! The weekly show where we geek out about comic book, movie, and TV-related news, reviews, and interviews. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. The nerd. And he's the rug boy. Good earth rugs. What's up? What's up, motherfuckers? (laughs) We're recording on a Friday. We're recording on a Friday night, and we're all losers sitting around talking about uh, a guy with claws coming out of his hands. And... Joining us on this review is a special guest, friend of the show, a huge X-Men fan, a awesome stencil artist, uh, Kevin McPartlett, also known as Mr. Antihero, also known as Kevin Stencils in studio. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. What's going on? Nice to have you here. You may remember Kevin from such episodes as uh, Free Comic Book Day Part 1, 2016. Yeah, buddy. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse Review. Mm-hmm. And you were also nice enough to send us some audio for our 150th show. Yeah, that uh, almost convinced me to quit smoking. When I heard <laughs> because, my own clip. I was Ru- like, man. Rugboy said, <laughs> said it was like we were inside you, Yeah, which was great. Oh, it was a great observation. Like inside me in an opium den. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Dude's got some lungs. Was, Let me tell you what. It was a rough night. <laughs> look, it's dark in here. <laughs> it's dark in here and I'm scared. <laughs> uh, so look, you know, you were, came on the X-Men Apocalypse review and that was not the best X-Men movie. So we, we're going to make it up with, with to you with the, a, a quite a better, much, much, hundred times better X-Men movie. I think, I think maybe a million times Yeah, better, maybe a million yeah. times, possibly, quite possibly the best X-Men movie. We'll get to that. Well, the, McPart- Kevin, well, see, I don't even know what your fucking name is. I have like, call you, him, like eight names. Yeah, that's all right. Kevin Stenson. I respond to hey you. <laughs> okay, that works too. Um, you kind of liked Apocalypse though, right? I just want to establish this. No, absolutely. I mean, I thought there was parts of X-Men Apocalypse that I really liked, but now that it's like on DVD and all that stuff, and I've seen it a few more times, it's one of those things where the more I've watched it, the less I've liked it. Okay, great. I like that. Yeah. yeah, the rewatchability. I like when people agree. I like when people agree with me. That's right. yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do like that, I like that as much as yeah. I can. Good but, uh, note. Look, if you're a first time listener, here's what you're gonna get into. We're going to do a little bit of geek news. Uh, catch up on a couple of things that we're going to get into the Logan review. We have some fun audio to play from our friends who send in their reviews of Logan. Uh, and then at the end, we're going to debut a little, uh, maybe a semi-regular segment called Superhero Science. Uh, oh. with Because uh, we got some audio 
from our official uh, Nerd. podcast science advisor, Adam D. Morris, PhD, uh, talking about Spider-Man's powers and how spiders do it. So it was very cool. He sent us some audio, and uh, we'll share that at the end. Yay. Other than that, let's get to the news, you bastards. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Listener, if you are new, you want to get in touch with the show, you want to yell at us for having stupid, dumb opinions, you're going to want to by the end of the show. Make sure you visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. Uh, everything's there. Our Twitter page, our Facebook group, our Facebook page, SpeakPipe. You can send us your voice. You can type a message. Definitely get in touch. Let's, I think it's appropriate to start with this Deadpool 2 teaser is this the like spoilery am, am i spo- it's on the internet yeah no that's right no. I'll, look Spoiler i'll do that anyways but if you haven't seen it by now i don't know what the fuck you've been doing because it's everywhere it haunts my facebook feed well i was yeah. avoiding any kind of spoilers and i saw it and exactly so to to clarify because last episode what happened was we recorded when there was just a hint of this and then between the time that we recorded and i put the show out the fucking thing comes out so we had no chance to talk about this, and now we have this is a thing you saw before you saw Logan. There but there's a longer version online. Really? Yes. Oh, you did not know this. No. There actually is a Stan Lee cameo in this, uh on the online version. There's a part, I forget where it is, where he steps out. Basically, if you haven't seen it, it's Deadpool. He sees a guy getting harassed. Yep. He somehow finds a phone booth. You see Ryan Reynolds' ass. Yep. Uh, there's Remember some that. there's some Easter eggs on there, like on the phone booth that says uh, Nathan Summers is mm-hmm. coming, but it's C U M M I N G. I like oh, I like that, and uh, the Logan is playing, and he just you know he takes too long to change. The guy gets shot, and he eats his ice cream. No, I, I saw all that. I just didn't know there was a Stan Lee cameo. So there's there. a part after he jumps out of uh, uh, the phone booth. I believe Stan Lee says something. And he goes, "Zip it, Stan Lee." It's like two seconds. Oh wow! They cut that out, and also. He answers a phone call while he's in the phone booth uh, in this longer version. Really? Yeah. Well, that's gnarly. See, I went in. I heard that since in between when they screened uh, Logan for critics and in between when it went to the theaters, they added three minutes somewhere. Correct. So everyone was like, there's a lot of, spe- oh, is it an after credit scene? Did they, See, did right they do this? Oh, yeah. But th- that's, I think this is interesting because you really, if you've seen the movie, you don't want a post credit scene. What they've created is just a, a pre post credit scene, a pre credit scene. Yeah. Because it's before the trailers, a lot of people in the audience, I think, we talked to some of our friends who didn't know, they thought it was the beginning of the movie, and they were kind of confused. Right. But then, great audience reaction to this. Like, people were, were psyched when they saw it was Wade Wilson. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, the trailer, Rugs? The teaser? Well, the thing is, the first time I saw it, I laughed. Yes. And the second time I saw it, I didn't think it was funny at all. So it was oh, one that's, of those that's things interesting. Where it only works it, once. It, 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 yeah, it hit me, and uh, the first time, and I thought it was a little cute, and I giggled. And then the second time, I was like, ah, this is kind of not that funny. But, like, you know, whatever. So there you go. Anthony, comment? So the first time I saw it was I saw the one online with a longer version. Yeah. And I was like, this is cute, but it's too fucking long. It, I, I will agree it's a little long. So then when I watched it in the theater, I'm like, rug boy. I was like, I've already seen this. It's not that funny the second go around. But at least it's shorter. Yeah, that's yeah. probably why they trimmed it. I I agree. When I saw the long, I was like, "Wow, this is uh, he's taking a long time in there." He's like, a long, I, he spends a long time in that yeah. phone booth. And I mean, I get you know it really drives home the punchline at the end. Where he's like, "To be honest, I probably shouldn't have taken so much time in the phone booth. Just called nine one one." But hey, there's Cherry Garcia. But there's Cherry Garcia <laughs> to be had. So, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, 
I'm excited that they're, the Deadpool 2 is coming. That It's a good way to hype it. And especially in front of this movie, I think it's super important for them to give us something saying, this shit ain't over even though this is kind of a fun finality movie. Yeah, and I think Deadpool re, you know, reinvigorated the franchise in a major way. And, you know, Apocalypse, even though it came out so much after Deadpool, which was only, I guess, five or six months. Yeah. Obviously, it was all shot and done when Deadpool was released. Oh. So Logan is kind of the first movie they've made since Deadpool. Yes, and we'll get into that being that, uh, you know, we got an R-rated Wolverine Logan movie because of this Deadpool movie, uh, for the most part, and its success. All right, moving on to um, some DCEU news. Last week, we also discussed the Wonder Woman movie had been uh, uh, tested. They showed it to test audiences in terms of tweaking uh, parts of the movie, see if it worked. Now, Slash Film, there's an article that says from Slash Film, we saw 60 minutes of Wonder Woman, and it looks like the movie DC needs right now. Uh, they describe the 60 minutes. I'm not going to spoil it. I don't want to read it, but I'm just going to uh, read a bit of what they were shown. So they visited Warner Brothers post-production for Wonder Woman. Patty Jenkins sat down with them to preview some footage from the movie. They were shown four different scenes from Wonder Woman, which totaled about 16 minutes of footage. They said there were some unfinished effects, an incomplete sound mix, a temporary score. The scenes in question gave us a good idea of what we can expect from Patty Jenkins. And it looks exactly like the kind of movie that DC Expanded Universe needs right now. Anthony, you told me that you read this and spoiled it for yourself. I did. Can you tell us without spoiling it? Uh, is it is this positive or negative? What did you get from this? It's tough reading. It's just reading it. So I don't really right. know what, right. with without any context on how it's shot. But uh, it looks interesting. Her origin's slightly tweaked. So okay. I'll, okay. I'll give you that. Okay. And, and there's uh there's a couple like couple conflicts that like on different parts of the world. It's 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 interesting. Okay. I, I I read it and I was like, oh, I could I would. I'd be into watching this. I'm digging this. All right. Well, that's yeah. good. That's hopeful. I don't want to read it. I just, I'm not going to read it. Uh, the links will be in the show notes, listener, jockandnerd.com slash 157, where you can always find links to everything we talk about. Uh, Kevin, you excited for Wonder Woman? Or are you worried for Wonder Woman? A little both. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I mean, I'll see yeah, it. Yeah. Definitely see it in the show at the theater. But uh, I don't know. You know, it just makes you wonder what's going on over there. Oh, absolutely. I don't know what the shit is going on there. This is the this is like the in-between movie between the, the the upcoming directors fighting for creative control. Mm-hmm. This is still a little bit in that void of the studio may still fuck around with your shit because they have yet to give deliver a hit movie. It seems like those movies were all made by committee. Yes, and that's the problem. Trust me, no one understands the pain the DC fans feel with these movies as X-Men fans because we have the same shit going on. Very similar. Yeah, Absolutely. Just lack of vision run by committee. You know, All over the place. All the fuck over huh, the place. That yeah. is interesting. I didn't even think yeah. about that. So yeah. don't tell me I'm a Marvel fanboy, Internet. Yeah, because, uh, listen, DC <laughs> fans, the X-Men fans know what you're going through. Yep. We finally, only now, after 17 years and 10 movies... They may have gotten it right, like completely. Yeah. Uh, okay, I would argue they've gotten some of it right. All right, no, okay, we'll get, we, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But speaking of R-rated movies and Logan and Deadpool, uh, apparently DC, like we said, what are they doing? They're reactionary assholes. Oh, surprise! DC reportedly open to making an R-rated superhero movie following Logan and Deadpool's success. Oh, uh, why are you fucking kidding me? You you just gonna they're gonna just shoehorn? Uh, are they gonna show us Wonder Woman boobs? What 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 is this? What? Uh, 
If so the asses in the seats. The rap reports that a well-placed insider at Warner Brothers DC Films Division has told them that when it comes to whether or not they'll make an R-rated superhero movie, their answer is 100% yes with the right characters. Now, it's not a, a, a huge guarantee, but we've also always said like Lobo would be a great uh, R-rated movie. I mean, they, they should... They should be open to even Marvel should be open to making R-rated stuff, and they do it kind of on Netflix. Yeah, um, so that that's that's not necessarily a negative. It's just the fact that it's so re- it feels reactionary. <laughs> it always does. I think you need a soundbite of Donald Trump just saying wrong, wrong, wrong. I mean, uh, on the other hand, I would love uh, give me an R-rated Batman. Give me an R-rated Batman. But yeah, there's tons of characters that can be R-rated. It's just it just feels reactionary. That's all. Very reactionary. Look, there. They also mentioned uh, the Black Adam movie that we know The Rock's going to be in. Could that be R-rated? I don't know. Marvel has said explicitly, ah, we're not going to do R-rated uh, movies, big movies. I mean, it's Disney. They, yeah. they got a lot to risk there. Well, and if there's a bright side to the X-Men being with Fox, it's, yes. they can be like, hey, you know what? We're just going to make an R-rated movie. They can take some risks. For yes. as terrible as a lot of those X-Men movies have, would have, are and have been, you never would have gotten Deadpool out of Disney. Not in a million no, years. No, hell no. Or anything like it. Yeah. So. Hmm. Interesting, reactionary assholes. Uh, they've also, DC, speaking of uh, their continuity and uh, the way their universe is shaping up, uh, they have said that upcoming films are going to have not only flashbacks, but flash forwards. Oh, shit. Doesn't sound confusing at all. Uh, so what, producer Charles Roven uh, addressed this issue of a fluid timeline. He was talking to comicbook.com about Wonder Woman, and he said, for example... The Justice League movie will take place in a universe that's post-Batman v. Superman. Just like Batman v. Superman takes place in a universe that's post-Man of Steel. When we're dealing with either the Flash or Aquaman, since they will play take place in a universe that has happened after Justice League, the characters and the world will be informed by the movies that preceded them, except that there's flashbacks or whatever within those particular movies and flash-forwards. Within those particular movies, Rugs, does this sound uh, overly complicated to you at all? I don't like the flash f- forward. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how do you how are you going to work that in? You just get a that gets confusing. Like it doesn't make I sense. Think flashbacks are fine. I just think when you're flashing forward into stuff, that stuff that's out of context, that might be rough. I mean, are they going to jump ahead and show us origins of people before we? I don't understand. What are you doing? It sounds convoluted. It sounds horrible. That flash scene in BVS was like the most confusing shit ever. Yes. Same thing with the whole desert dream parademons shit. So what the fuck? Exactly. And so we're talking about what the hell is going over here. I think this is an excellent example of the mindset over there. Like they are still not getting it. They're not getting it. They're trying hard not to be Marvel is is the other half. Yeah, that's, that's what that stinks of. Yeah. But they don't know what, how to be themselves yet. Right. There's the problem. And it they might take. They don't have I mean, an identity. Especially with all the stuff that's been going on with Batman, the Batman movie, yeah, and yeah, Affleck yeah. not directing and possibly not starring. Uh, you know, you asked me about the Wonder Woman movie. I hope it's good. Yeah. I hope Wonder Woman does well and Justice League does well, or else there's not going to be any more of these DC movies. I, I mean, if they don't, I would. You, I think you consider a another hard reboot every fucking thing. Start yep. over. Yep. You, you'd almost have Never to. Never know with these, with these, I mean, I, with these movies. Like, uh, it's DC's got a lot of marquee value. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman's uh, the first, you know, female led movie. Yeah, that's important for them. There, there's a lot of risk involved here, and DC's got right now a shitty record, so <laughs> they're not batting a thousand. 
<laughs> so anything could happen. Even if the movie's decent, it could fucking not play. So, yeah. but it, where do you go from there? I mean, do you, do you hard reboot everything? I mean, they've already given. They said. Then they say that uh, Snyder is directing Justice League two. Also, I'm like, uh, let's see the first one. What I would do if I was DC, I would take something that's self-contained, that, yeah, and just blow it out out of the water. Just take one self-contained thing that could exist on its own. They already blew the Dark Knight Returns, which is a thing that stands on that on its own. So they could never do that. They fucking Snyder fucked that over. Like the Watchmen yeah. stand on, stands on its own. Yeah. Make a one great movie of something that stands on its own. Like something that is like, I mean, they have, I remember there's all kinds of little like justice league stories that stand on their own. Absolutely. Like, you know, the anti monitor or any, something like that. That's really big. And they can do in one movie and just fuck all the continuity. Just tell that one story. Yeah. Don't worry about establishing anything. Just make that movie and then make it good. They're trying and then so hard worry about rebuilding afterwards. Yeah. But isn't that what they did with the Dark Knight? And then they're like, well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that was a standalone. That's but, not what yeah. the Dark Knight was. Batman versus Superman was not the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is a completely different movie. Right. But the Dark Knight, they made something that was great st- standing on its own. And instead of building on that, they're like, no, no it's, it's done. Not, it's yeah. done. It's done. Ah, man. I would love I to sit here and bash DC, yeah. but I don't want to waste a whole Logan podcast doing it. <laughs> okay, moving Sorry. on. Let's get to some uh, Marvel no, I'm not, news. I'm saying I could do this all day. I could just yeah. talk shit. Well, yeah. yeah. They yeah. fucking yeah. suck dick. Wow. Yeah. No, I just thought this, you know, these, these, these quotes were just interesting to get into the mindset of some of the producers, and uh, it's not surprising. Let, but let's, let's carry on. Uh, March is an awesome geek month. We got Logan. We're going to get Kong Skull Island and we're going to get Iron Fist on Netflix. Now, listener, if you have been looking at the Internet, the review embargo, they sent out, you know, they sent out the first six episodes of these things for reviewers. And boy, is this show getting thumped by critics. Oh, shit. Uh, it's very it's kind of a bummer. Uh, it's getting all kinds of flack all over the place. It's getting that it sucks. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. It's getting the whitewash thing still. Uh, yeah. That. I mean, I've seen one positive review. Uh, also, they have come out and said uh, he will not wear, be wearing his costume or mask at, in this at all. So that's already one step removed from everything they're giving us. But so, for example, Variety says Iron Fist is the most frustratingly and ferociously boring example of Netflix drift pacing problems in some time. You know, and the one thing we always harp on on these Netflix series, we love them. They're too fucking long. You don't need 13 episodes, man. You could yeah. do this in 8 to 10 episodes easily. Yeah, 8 or 10. That's good. It's a good number. So, I mean, uh, mm. uh, mm. Pop, yeah. How, how do you feel about this, Anthony? <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously slightly disappointed, but I'm going to watch it because the completest in me has to fucking do this because yes. I'm pumped for Defenders and I've liked everything Netflix has. Yeah. And I don't want to... I know I'm going to go in with a little negative bias, but I don't want it to completely cloud my judgment of the show. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the problem. It's already. And I kind think, of- and I think we all, maybe not Rugboy as much, but me and you get very influenced by reviews prior to watching something, and then just come in with that kind of mindset. But now, if I just lower my expectations a little bit, I may end up enjoying this a lot more than I think. Look, it's like you said, we've already got invested in these four series. They're building the Defenders. Yes, I'm a Marvel completist. I'm going to power through this. But I'm reading things like, good luck, Bangers. Getting through two episodes was a challenge. 
Jesus. So uh, it. Uh, why did you read like eight negative reviews? Well, they're all they're all negative. <laughs> why, what, like you, you read one. Stop. Yeah. And it wasn't even the well, review. It was the, the reviewers, if they're all saying the same thing, they're not wrong. Right. That's that's also um, a good point. <laughs> There's a lot of consensus. But the thing is, I mean, mixed reviews is one thing, but just whole, all out negative or saying it's yeah. boring. I mean, first of all, we've seen, you know, these Netflix series unfold before. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're, we're used to the slow, long burn of these series, and we we like that. But we also want it to change. Right. Because we've seen them already. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we don't want more of the same. We want things to get better or different or, or, or progress or grow. And it doesn't seem like that they're doing that. It seems like they're just going right back to the same formula and like dragging the slow burnout. And some characters are more uh, compelling than others. Like Daredevil's very compelling. You got you got some great supporting cast members and, and bet the bad guys like Wilson Fisk. All of these cool things. You got the Punisher. You got Elektra. All right, but Danny Rand doesn't have that, yeah, and and, yep. and they have Colleen Wing in there, and they're, they're trying to make her some something cool, and that might be okay, but I don't really see anything else other than that. Um, I think part of it is the fact that it's just Iron Fist. Like yeah. you said, this is probably the least compelling out of the characters they picked so far, but they kind of just got to get through this to get to Defenders. But yeah, Iron Fist was never as compelling as Daredevil or Luke Cage or even just the Jessica Jones they've given. Have you ever read Iron Fist no, comics? No. The, nope. The Matt Fraction things that came, was it Matt Fraction that did Iron Fist? No, or somebody did he? else? I don't know. He did Hawkeye. I don't know. He did um no, it wasn't Matt Fraction. Some other I think some some other guy did a a uh, Iron Fist story like three or four years ago. That was cool. And that was the only thing I ever read my whole life of Iron Fist. Yeah, I mean, I just think the prime of it was like in the seventies when uh, Kung Fu movies were popular and uh, this was a thing. And uh, the, so we knew going in, this is a tough character to sell. Sounds like they didn't, they did as Listen, best if, as they could. If you, have, if you have Iron Fist and you don't have the best martial arts in any show yes. thus far, then you're pretty much, you know, you're shit because if the Kung Fu that was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer was better than Iron Fist. Yeah, that's not good. You got a problem. That's not good. Look, it's possible the back half gets a lot better. We don't know. It's yeah, just they yeah. saw the first half set up. Does the costume thing bother anyone? Anthony, I know you love the costume. I love the Iron Fist costume. You're right. Isn't that, didn't you dress up for Iron Fist for Halloween last year? That's what, uh, that's what I remember. No. Well, absolutely that wasn't not. you. Uh, Who the fuck was that then? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's the other Asian guy, you know. (laughs) Oh, it's the Uh, other one. Am I upset? I mean, it's this this fucking thing that Netflix, these Netflix shows do, where they just they they take like little things and draw them out so much. So I'm not surprised. It is kind of stupid. I think his costume would look kind of cool. I don't know with the full like top mask, yellow thing, and the fins. Listen, if they're doing all kinds of shit on Arrow, they can do it. Yeah, you could have toned it down, I guess. Hey, Uh, hey, they they pulled off fucking Matt, uh, Matt Murdock wearing a fucking sock on his face. That, yeah, but that sock looked fucking badass. He looked exactly. like a ninja. Uh, but I'm Great. saying, yeah, if you heard cool. before watch looking at that show, the yeah. guy's going to wear a black sock on his face. You'd be like, get <laughs> the fuck out of here. Why isn't he wearing the traditional costume? And they could just take the same sock, dye it yellow, and boom, there yeah, you go. There you, you go. Got save your, you got save some money. He, but so I guess he won't wear a disguise at all. Like people are just going to know. Uh, yeah. Danny Rand. He's this crazy just, glowy fist guy. We'll, we'll watch the show and we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll okay. See. That sounds like a good idea. Moving on to some more colorful fun news. Uh, Thor Ragnarok put out uh pretty cool photos. Nine 
Real Photos, if you guys click the link, there's a photo gallery, and you get really good looks at Thor's uh, Thor, Hela, and Valkyrie. Now, Chris Hemsworth has short hair in this. He's not holding Mjolnir. He, this is like the Battle World one, uh, and you see Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson, looking pretty cool. Loki looks awesome. There's a shot of uh, Thor and Bruce Banner, and what looks like it looks like they're in some like Chuck E. Cheese playset. I don't know what that is. Uh, and uh, Hella as uh, or Kate Blanchett as Hella looks uh, pretty cool, like the, the the incarnation of death. And then you got the Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, and he just looks completely crazy. Silver That's hair and like a yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. He's got like silver hair and like a blue metallic stripe uh, coming down from his lip or gold vest. Uh, I love I love the colors so far. Like this is a lot a different color palette than uh, any other Thor movie. We'll see how it looks on screen, but I, I yeah. do enjoy the the colorfulness. I do enjoy it looking so fucking wacky. And, yeah, and you didn't did you mention Thor's hair? Yeah, his hair's got like he's uh he's got something shaved into it like a Z or something. Oh, he's got no hair. He cut it. Well, he's got short hair. Yeah, he's got. He cut his traditional locks. So, uh, look, already this looks like a much different Thor movie than all the other Thor movies. We also have a full plot of uh, the movie, and it sounds awesome. Uh, here's what it is. In the film, Thor will arrive in Asgard after hearing about trouble in his home world. And when he arrives, he finds Loki's style of ruling while impersonating Odin has led to some lapses in the rules and leads to the freeing of prisoner Hela. Thor and Hela naturally come to blows when they meet, which Thor sees Thor blasted to Sakaar, described as a barbaric planet ruled by the charming but nefarious Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum. There he meets Valkyrie, who is also hiding out on the planet, and brings him to the Grandmaster to make him a gladiator, where he meets the most popular competitor in the arena, the Hulk, Geek Mooner. and loses his trademark hair and hammer. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is said a plot he's much. Summary or is this like a spoiler? What the fuck is this? This is the full plot of the movie. Holy uh, Mark Ruffalo says about the Hulk, uh, he is much more of a character than the Green Rage Machine you've seen in Avengers. He's got swagger. He's like a god. And then they get together. It's a it turns into a road trip. Uh, EW reports Taika Waititi took inspiration from movies like Forty Eight Hours, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And then, of course, we saw set pictures of Benedict Cumberbatch's Stephen Strange. He'll be in there. They're going to look for Odin. Uh, wow. This movie's crazy. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait for this. Sounds cool. Uh, he says uh, a lot of what we're doing with this film, in a way, kind of dismantling and destroying the old idea and rebuilding it in a new way that's fresh. Everyone's got a slightly new take on their characters. So in a way, it feels like this is the first Thor. I love the the progression of these characters. They're developing these guys movie to movie. I'm telling you, this is going to be the best Thor movie yet. Like, uh it, it has a low bar after the second I was going to say, they don't have a very high bar to clear here. The first yeah. one, Ken, Kenneth Branagh doing Thor. The first one's not bad. What is that? A sub? Was, is Thor, would you consider that a sub-franchise? I mean, it's a... It's, it's a, a franchise. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a sub-franchise. Sub yeah. sub they're, they're all sub-franchise. Yeah. It's probably the weakest of Iron it Man is. and Captain America. Absolutely. Yeah, so... So anything uh, Waititi does is going to you know be good. But I, I love everything I've seen so far. I love Taika Waititi. I love the... the it, I wonder if it's going to be like too funny and goofy. That's the only thing I'm afraid of. Uh, too wacky. Yeah, I, I'm kind of worried well, about that too. If there's action involved and uh, it's good, I think people will forgive it and just because people like to see the Hulk and Thor interacting. Yes, I can't the wait. First Avengers yep. and all that stuff. They like that. 
you know, we could see Hulk in a different light where he's just not this little thing that, you know, you know, the last time we saw the Hulk go all out was he was fighting. He's always fighting someone good. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's always mind controlled. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be cool just to see what he wants to do. I just I want to see a scene of fucking Hulk in the middle with Doctor Strange and Thor and Valkyrie flanking him and ready to battle. Like how? Holy crap. I just wet myself. (laughs) Is this supposed to be the last Thor? I don't know. It is. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Hemsworth contract is coming up pretty soon. I think he's got shit. One or two Avengers films and that's it. They're going to start recasting all these motherfuckers pretty soon. You don't think Ant-Man's viable for eight movies? Uh, yeah, sign up Paul Rudd for the next 30 years. Like, this, do it. this is where, you know, Avengers Infinity War is going to be important because, uh, like I said before, this is going to be their chance to, they'll be able to reset a lot of stuff if they're going to just destroy everything with Thanos. You can recast everybody and be like, well, this is what reality is now. We're going to see Riri Williams yeah, exactly. on the, on you the, see on Miles, the stage. Maybe you see Miles Morales, Riri Williams. Yeah, I could get down with Miles Morales. But these people, they're not going to be these characters Spider-Gwen. forever, as we've seen <laughs> with Hugh Jackman. Spider-Gwen? Yeah, all that shit. Uh, okay, next thing. Uh, we, you know, if you listen to the show, you've heard us talk about cosplay and conventions and how sometimes the cosplay oh my God, I tends to ruin conventions. Now, don't care. Kevin Stencils, you, you've done a lot of conventions, right? <laughs> yeah, I've done, a, I've done my fair share. Uh, cosplayers, a hindrance or a help generally in your observations? I think it's a help, especially if you're bringing younger kids, you know, they want to come see everybody in the costumes. If you can't afford to pay a thousand dollars to, you know, blow Norman Reedus, you know, you want to just <laughs> that's, show up and see costumes. Cheap. I know. I know. Let's start a Patreon for that. <laughs> uh, if uh, here's the thing, do those cosplayers buy shit is the problem. Uh, now, what I thought was interesting, there's a Florida Comic Con this week. That banned cosplayers. shit. <laughs> Elite Con is a Florida comic convention being held this weekend, March 12th. It bills itself as a premium collectibles marketplace for advanced collectors. So it's all about collectors collecting. And there's something they really want to emphasize. No cosplay. Yeah, I think this is a great thing. This is crazy. They got a I lot think- of backlash. There was a lot of deleted posts. The reaction was strong. Rugs, what is your take on this? I fucking, I, I applaud these people. <laughs> I think that it's a great thing that they're doing this because you know what? Uh, what? You don't want some other uh, kind of element of uh, a fandom to overtake the thing. Like it's, it, it, these these um, collectors and these these vendors that are selling selling these collectibles, they want serious collectors. And I think that the serious collector that's really gonna buy shit, they hate the cosplayers. Yeah, yeah. they clog up the whole entire place. They're not there to buy anything. They're all narcissistic. They want all they want is attention. Do they bring something to to the show? Sure, it's a visual that's there and whatever. But I mean, but it's overtaken. Let's, it. let's be yeah. honest. I mean, it's a lot of people that look terrible in the costumes and smell horrible. <laughs> let's just say it. Oh shit! All right. I mean, some of them just go to like uh, Party City and plop down like thirty bucks, and then that's and they and and now I got to see this asshole, you know, in a Halloween costume, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> breathing my air and ruining my fucking experience. Well, look, look, no, to your point, these this is people's livelihoods. This is their business. Like they live and die for this money. They got to make a return on their investment. And if you get in the way of that, yeah, it's gonna fucking piss people off. I, Listen, I I've been to many a convention and talked to many a vendor and asked them how are they doing, 
And they're like, ah, it's all right. But I'm like, this place, you can't even walk through yeah, it. Yeah. But nobody's buying anything. They're just sitting there and they're like, hey, it's, it's like all of these weirdos, like they, they find other weirdos and they hang out, which is fine. That's what a comic convention is supposed to be. But I mean, you have to, you have to support the art form. Yeah. You don't just kind of, you're basically cutting off the flow of money there by not having the, it's making it so people who want to buy stuff don't want to go to these Absolutely. shows. Absolutely. And I, I agree. I got to give them props for, for not, it sounds like they're not going to cave for actually doing this and responding and holding the ground. And they're like, look, no offense. This is how we're running things. You don't like it. You don't got to come. That's fine. We're a small show. It's a small venue. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't, I don't think, I don't think it'll affect them too much. Cause there's tons Listen, of, they're yeah. going to have opposition. Like, and I hate that the people crumble at the first sign of opposition. The first people to go, nah, you're infringing upon my right to be a person. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. You're infringing on the, my right to fucking make money, uh, yeah. you know, and fucking get people into the show that that don't want to come anymore because you're sitting there sticking up the place. I mean, so, at, at this point, I would uh, I would go to a non a place that was like no cosplay. I, that would pull me in right now. That would pull me in. But then do you have a cosplay only convention? Sure, why not? If that's what the fuck you want, then you do cosplay only. And uh you don't sell anything, just fucking stand you around. Know, if you went up to somebody and asked them what they were wearing and they knew what the fuck they were, yeah. like ninety percent of the time, like you go up to a person, what are you dressed as? And you're like that. Oh, and they have no idea what they're wearing, they're just doing it. It's like you're not really a fan. No. Sorry. I didn't and that doesn't happen all the time. It's not like every person, but I'm gonna say it's almost fifty percent of the time. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll see if this uh, this trend catches on. Well, because cosplay is a business unto itself at this point, too. Yes. Yeah. You got people like Jessica Nagari and uh, didn't they have a show on TV that was yeah. like the cosplay yeah. uh, You know, there's, this, there's actually yeah, this cool. Wasn't it Face Off or something like that? Oh, well, Face Off was the makeup, the yep. makeup competition. Oh, but there was another so, one. Special I, effect makeup. Yeah, there was one on Netflix about cosplay. No, but they could have their own cosplay convention where you sell stuff for cosplay. Yeah. There is this girl on Facebook. Actually, this one's kind of cool. Her name is Hijabi Hooligan. It's a Muslim girl who cosplays as superheroes, but she works in her hijab and her head covering in all her costumes. And it's actually she does. She's really good at, like, making her own style of these action figures in, in like, the hijabi fashion. I thought that was neat. So, All right. Last thing. Uh, I want to give my opinion on this. I yeah, my yeah, yeah. Opinion on this. Go, 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 go. I Don't care. <laughs> okay, I didn't hear about, about this asshole. fucking cosplay. Bro, do you even podcast? I, I, that's why I didn't so ask you because you didn't give a fuck. <laughs> oh my Listen, god! When someone has abs like yours, they don't I worry never, about things like these. I never that's looked at it that way. <laughs> good, good point. He brings up a good point. Moving on. Are, are, we, talk, are we talking about Logan? Or are we talking about cosplay? Holy fuck! We're talking about Chris Hardwick, America's favorite nerd. God, because I want to give a shout out to our listeners in California. Chris Hardwick is creating a fun new festival, combining his loves of music, comedy, and comic books. And cosplay. And not co- maybe not cosplay. <laughs> Look, he already hosts Ed Midnight, Talking Dead, Nerdist Podcast. He does stand-up. He does panels at Comic-Con. He started this uh, festival called the Idiot Festival, except it's spelled I-D-10-T. It's in Silicon Valley, June 24th, 25th. Uh, what, and it's, uh, it's $55, but he's got awesome bands like Weezer, OK Go, TV on the radio, then you're going to get comedians uh, like uh, Dimitri Martin, Michael Ian Black, Nikki Glaser, Michael Shea, and then you're going to have like Comic-Con tables. Publishers are coming out there. Boom Studios, Ani Press, Valiant Comics. So it's like 
a combination music festival, comedy show, comic book convention. Uh, this is kind of fun. I, I, I wish I could go to this. But if you are in Silicon Valley, definitely check it out. Let us know what it was like. Would you, what do you guys think? Do you think this sounds fun? I'm looking at the lineup, and yeah. I would totally see some of these, these. Some of these DJs are real good, man. Oh, they got like DJs it. too. See, you got a little EDM. They got a, they a got dance man. tent. Yeah, the music in general is. I like. I like this. I don't know. I don't know though. The the. I don't know if anyone's gonna buy anything in terms of comics though. I think it's probably just more for uh, exposure and getting it in okay. front of if it's another just exposure, audience. It yeah, might work, yeah. but if you have vendors there. I got to tell you, when I'm at concert, I'm at festivals, I'm not going to fucking vendors, dude. I'm seeing the music. Yeah. I, I mean, if I was them, I would, you know, you want to have, you'd be, I would be giving shit out. You give out free samples of combos, yeah. maybe hook people in, get them to sign up, whatever. But you're right. It's mainly for the comedy, the music, and uh, the comedy. I don't think but, so. Uh, I think they're going to do, look, they've got 50 comic book artists and creators that are going to be there. Oh, shit. So, oh, that's yeah. cool. Maybe you get a commission. But I'm saying I don't cool think get- I don't know if I would go if I would go I would see the music I don't know if I'd go and hang out with the comic guys. It sounds like they have an artist alley. Yeah, they're gonna have a little bit of an artist alley at this music festival. So is it a con with a concert or a concert with a con? It's a concert con. <laughs> it's a con <laughs> yeah, con. It's both. It's a dance dance EDM. It's, con. it's a novel idea. It's stuff that I mean. It's all stuff it that is. I like too. I just don't know how much attention. I don't know if I could give my full attention to. I would give my full attention to one and miss out on something else. It's a lot of stuff on the poster. It says music, comics, yeah. gaming, comedy, technology, pop culture. It's at an amphitheater. And it's at an amphitheater, which I don't know. The Shoreline Amphitheater in Silicon Valley, California. Ah, good. Uh, dude, Hardwick is just like everywhere. He's getting a full-time talk show. And this was surprising, but it's, it's a really good idea. So now I'm thinking it's like Warp Tour. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like warp warp tour, tour, you walk around. They got all the T-shirts. Yeah, and yeah. All the little, and the, instead, know. it's like you put Comic-Con in there. Yeah. So. All right. Well, they got that. And they also Shit. have like, there's a huge, that's. All those DJs are all DJs I recognize. So it's big, pretty big EDM names. Oh, they got good. I mean, the, the band lineup was good too. So yeah. Yeah, good for them. Check it out. California listeners. All right. That's it for the news. We're going to get to Logan right after oh, a couple of promos from some fun podcasts. After these messages, we'll be right back. Do you like superheroes? Do you like movies, television, and comic books? Do you like movies, television, and comic books about superheroes? Then you'll love Podcapers, the official podcast of a place to hang your cape.com. Featuring me, Scott James Marriju, we will be talking about a variety of geek and nerdy issues. Like, is Marvel better than DC? What's going on with the X-Men film franchise? And is Disney evil? Yes, yes it is. It's pure evil. Don't support them. They're terrible. I'm getting ahead of myself because we will be joined each week by a rotating panel of guests who will attempt to rein me in. Don't you worry. It's not just going to be one guy ranting for hours and hours and hours. I've been told I'm not allowed to do that. By this guy, in fact, David Moloski, the editor and creator of A Place to Hang Your Cape. Hi, guys. Scott's holding me in a room and making me listen to his rants. Please listen to the podcast. He says it's the only way he'll let me leave. Oh, David. (laughs) You will never be allowed to leave. You will listen to me for all eternity, as will all of you who listen to the podcast. So please check out Podcapers, the official podcast of A Place to Hang Your Cape, where superheroes go to relax, but I never do. 
Hi, I'm Mike White. And I'm Rob St. Mary. And we're the hosts of the Projection Booth Podcast. If you haven't heard of the Projection Booth, that's okay. But we think it's time that you have. We've been doing this for over three years now. And we think we're doing a pretty good show. Every week we look at a different film and put it in context. We try to bring you interviews with the people behind the films. Or experts on a subject matter covered in the film. We don't specialize in any one particular genre or type of film. We try to examine every aspect of cinema. From every corner of the globe. Even at three years, we barely just scratched the surface. But we're ready. We're ready for you to listen to us. That's right. Now's the time to give us a shot. Download us through our free smartphone app. Or through Stitcher, iTunes, Geek Juice Radio, Jackalope. Or our website. Projection-booth.com. We'll keep making great shows. Now it's your turn to listen to Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Hey, listener, if you like what you hear so far, you should join our fan club, uh, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. You'll be helping the show, and you're going to get awesome bonus audio every week, every month. All the kids are doing it. Check it out, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. All right, we're, we've gotten to Logan. Let's talk about Logan. Before we do, of course, you know how we roll. We spoil the shit out of this movie, listener, so. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. You gotta, you gotta have that disclaimer. Uh, because we're going to get into Logan, which is currently 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's start with a little bit of box office numbers. It did really well uh, opening weekend. It made $33 million on its opening Friday. Uh, it had a uh, budget of only $97 million. So the first weekend, it did $88.3 million domestically, $240 worldwide. Oh, shit. Uh, making it the fourth biggest R-rated opening weekend in history. Not just March, all time. Uh, and so to date, domestic, it's up to $114 million as of March 9th. $305 million worldwide already. Which is, wow. which is not bad. <laughs> They made their money. Let's back. put this in context. Yeah. Let's put this in context, yes. though. Let me let me preface with: Did you ever think you would hear this? Yeah. Seven day total between Deadpool and Logan. Yeah. Deadpool one eighty domestically. Logan one fourteen. So wow. Logan's doing well, but it's not Deadpool numbers. And did you ever think that a fucking Deadpool movie would outdraw? Wow. The what the ninth or tenth movie the Wolverine's been in? The tenth X Men movie. But you know, arguably the most famous like X Men people know. But yeah, Deadpool, yeah, the most famous X Men ever. That's that is very uh, interesting. Yeah, but uh, don't discount well, new though. It was the first Deadpool. Movie. That's there's true. It was Deadpool one. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a little fatigue on Logan. Yeah. There's a little fatigue. Him. I'll I'll go there. I'll give you that. But hey, I think that the word of mouth is good, and it's gonna it's gonna continue to yeah. do well. I mean, good. it's going to get killed by Kong, but this week, who knows? Who knows, actually? I don't know if it's going to get killed by Kong, so we'll see. It's it's super hard. You never know. The you Kong know. buzz uh, is very, it seems very inconsistent. Do, are you, like, I'm, I'm plugged into the whole Kaiju Kong thing, so if my interpretation of the buzz is completely different than yours. So if you're outside of that circle, what is it, what is it to you? 
Yeah, that's a thing that's happening. It'll, it might be neat. It might not. I, you know, I'm not a big kaiju guy, so I was like, "Oh, King Kong, neat. I'll see that." So, we'll I, see. I don't know if that tells you anything. That's pretty anecdotal in my eyes. But this, uh, well, I was listening to Howard Stern, yeah. and they were talking about it. Oh. So I'm like, okay, they're talking about it on Howard Stern going to see it this weekend. That's interesting. Then maybe there's it. It's got a pretty good buzz going. Dude, even uh, well, hope so. Logan opened big in China, and uh, this article said uh, it, they cut like 16 minutes of the movie. Really? Uh, probably all the fucking violence and swear words, but uh, it's still open big for a Chinese opening. So let's just start with our opening thoughts overall of the movie. Kevin Stencils, you're a featured guest. Why don't you start us off? Uh, I've seen it twice already. Wow. Because I always okay. have to because yeah. I pee during every movie. <laughs> you got to get that run pee app. I, we, we talked about this last time. I the, use it all the time. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. No. Well, so I saw it twice. I liked it a lot more the second time. The first time I went in, I had, it was like the same thing when I went into Dark Knight Rises. I was like, oh man, it's such a bummer that this is the last one. And yeah. I went in with that being a drag. And I'm so glad you were like spoilers right away because I was a little let down by the whole X24 thing. Okay. Uh, I really think for the last movie, they should have picked a better villain, a more comic booky villain. Yeah. Like it would have been cool to see like Sabretooth come back or something. Yeah. And I get it because you're like, I don't, we don't want to even, you know, acknowledge that X Men Origins happened. But you have the adamantium bullet. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy like references to things that did they still happen after they reset the timeline? It's right. confusing. So, but I mean, overall, yeah, it was definitely the best X Men movie, probably the best X Men movie so far. All you, right, you really can't. I don't think you can debate that. Really, Anthony, your thoughts. Uh, I will also go best X Men movie. I'll take it a couple steps further. I'll go one of the best superhero films. Oh snap! And. My parents both saw it. My okay. dad, not a huge superhero fan. He liked it. So I think it's actually just a good overall film. Interesting. Has a lot of heart. Rug Boy, opening thoughts. What would you think? thought it was good. Um, pleasantly surprised. Shows you that you can do a lot with a small budget and still get a good movie. And at the end of the day, these are, these are uh, stories about characters. And if you have good characters and you have a good arc for them, and you have good interactions between the characters. You can do something serious and still be fun. It had it had humor. Yeah. It had moments where you chuckle. It had a few weaknesses, but overall, I think they did a great job. And, it, and they did make a very serviceable film that closes out the chapter. And um, it is one of the better movies that I've seen this year. So, Yeah, I mean, largely, I got to agree with all you guys. I When the movie was done, I was... It was like sad in a good way. Like it's such a, uh, a, a devastating, disheartening ending, but what an amazing way to end the run of these characters that really you've, you've kind of known for 17 years. It's a fitting ending. It was surprisingly uh, poetic and, and meaningful and gritty and uh, realistic in the way you always wanted it to be realistic. Uh, great performances. The chemistry of the main three, I think really carried most of it. The story, while being straightforward and possibly derivative of another movie, we'll get into that. Uh, still, uh, uh, it was uh, just, it was beautiful to see this whole character end. And, uh, and, and I was tired. Like, Hugh Jackman made me tired watching him. He was so battered. So you really, that came across. And just to see 
a dying frail Professor X was also it was just like so it was like seeing your like a friend die or something. Oh. It was so it gave me in the feels, so sentimental. But uh, uh I wanted yeah, I wanted to throw in it's the feels and the movie gave me the feels because totally the feels and I think that's why anything like you said, your parents liked it, like it has a lot of heart, has a lot of emotion that just goes beyond superhero movies. Absolutely in the top of the X-Men movies, and yeah, it is going to join top five of all superhero movies to date without a doubt. Can I ask one question? Let's go. How did you get your parents to see this, Anthony? Like, what, 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 what prompted this? That your so my should. dad and my my mom, my mom and dad saw it on their own, but my dad saw commercials for it, and since the commercials were so kind of ambiguous, he thought it was a western. Wow, nice! And was like, I'm just gonna go see it because I like western movies, and mm-hmm. sure enough, it's a fucking superhero western. Yeah, so no. that that's what that's what hooked him. That's great. It is. It's, and it's heavily uh, inspired by Western yep. movies. I mean, I mean the, the fucking you, quote at the end is from Shane. They're watching Shane in yeah. the movie. The The plot of the movie kind of mimics the plot of Shane. Of course, and, uh, There's a lot of Unforgiven. You know, you think of that. Uh, it's uh, definitely a great Western feel. So let's just talk about what worked. What do you guys like? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll start. Okay. Because I like to fucking talk. <laughs> um, yeah, right. What worked, I mean, you mentioned it, Imran, character performances. Jackman and especially uh, Patrick Stewart, they they really had stuff to chew on here and really like kind of be wacky and be different and do some different things rather than play their standard Wolverine Professor X. That And then Daphne Keene just held her own with all of them. Amazing, um, amazing. Those, that work, yeah, I mean, the character work was amazing. I would also throw in, there was just a lot. Like, you could tell James Mangold really cared about yeah. this and put his put his put his all into this and it seemed like the studio like they got it right for the wolverine up until the end when it got real comic booky but here yeah. they were like all right we trust you just go for it and he like had a lot of really good moments that were like character moments that were were just really awesome i mean professor x having basically alzheimer's was amazing like that yeah. every anyone that has ever had someone like that in their family can totally relate to that so right away you're like Wow, this a beloved character is withering away before my eyes. Like that's totally relatable. It's so hard to watch, but yeah, when he helped him to the toilet, like if you've ever taken care of an elder relative or a parent, like that gets you right away. You see this father-son uh chemistry and relationship. And I mean, the whole movie was about family. You know, what makes a family different families. Uh and so the themes in this movie were great. Uh did was it did anybody find it weird that uh, Charles was swearing? Is that like off-putting it all right away? Like it was a little bit weird, but then no, I just old loved people it. do this. Yeah, old people like yeah, and like you don't think about the old most powerful- people don't give a fuck. <laughs> yes, and when they have Alzheimer's, they really don't give a fuck. Listen, I you better believe when I'm that age, I'm gonna be racist and fucking swearing uh, up a storm. Fuck, go, I, go to full Grand Torino. Hell, hell yeah! Look, if you made it 80, 90 years, you fucking you you deserve it. You mm-hmm. earned that shit. Be as racist as you want. I don't care. What are they gonna do to you? Yeah, what can you do? <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> Uh, but, there was one character moment. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but there's yeah. one that in particular stood out when I, I'd have this discussion with my friends. They're like, what, what was your favorite little character moment? And for me, it was like Professor X speaking Spanish to X-23 and uh, talking uh, about the choo-choo. Like for whatever uh, reason, that just like uh, hit me in the feels. I'm like, that is just so cute. And it's this like little kid that like, you know, is this badass. And he's talking Spanish and talking about the choo-choo with her. 
Bro, this like Daphne Keene, like, that, she comes out of nowhere. Like, I think this is her first movie, and she doesn't talk for half the movie, and she doesn't need to. She sells it so hard. But she came out with that dude's head in her arms. Like, the audience gasped. Yeah. And then she, like, throws her fucking backpack off, and she's like, let's go. I was like, fuck yeah. The, like, she channeled Hugh Jackman's rage. Yeah. Amazingly. I would argue she was more Wolverine than Wolverine yes. was in half yes. the movies. Yes. And the other thing that kind of took me by surprise was, because I, you know, I'm a big X-Men fan, huge Wolverine fan. So, like, when they did the last one, though, Wolverine. Yeah. They had, like, buy the Blu-ray with the extended R-rated version. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I want to see Wolverine cutting some people's arms off. Yeah, what was cutting that? Cutting throats. Nothing much. Yeah, I mean, there was a cool, a little, little <laughs> bit more, but it finally gave me all that. And I almost couldn't even enjoy it because it was like Wolverine leave like run like the suspense was so great yeah and it was almost like a horror movie you yeah. know yeah you just wanted to see Wolverine get the fuck out of there every time yeah you know it wasn't like oh great you know he's just gonna murder 300 ninjas right now and that'll <laughs> be just cool it's like no get out of there so no this is a Logan that you know he's been hiding out he he doesn't want to help people like that's a great theme like if yeah. you think of uh the refugee situation you know the world is going through is it your problem? Do you help? Like, he didn't have to help them. But Charles, of course, convinces him, like, you know, an adoptive dad. Uh, well, and it's he- it's that theme of, like, when do you help? When yeah. does it become your problem? But it's also the plays on the uh, fact that Logan, every time he gets close to someone in his life, they die. Yeah. Well, every fucking time. Either yeah. because he outlives them or it's just because he brings trouble to them. And that's why the ending works so well, because he finally, like, got around to it and, like, this person doesn't die. I mean, he's only had like, like Jean Grey, Yukio is the only kind of people who've been kind, somewhat close relationship with in, in this Gene, universe. What are you talking about? Oh, did. no, dude. <laughs> no, no, but before, the before, before they, uh, they reset the timeline. Oh, yeah. But they were a thing. You know, you, know, I mean. you shouldn't see that a lot. Yeah. He was always uh, the loner. It's Every the fucking awesome. person he gets, yeah. he gets with just dies or gets in trouble. Yeah, the yeah. mortality rate on Wolverine's girlfriends is pretty high. <laughs> Gotta be like the ninety percentage, you know. You don't want to be dating James Logan Hewlett. No, nope. Hewlett, whatever his fucking name is. Ah, uh, Rugs, what do you got? What do you like? What else do you like? What worked for you? Wow, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the overall uh, feeling of that they they toned down the story. They basically made it very simple and direct. It wasn't overcomplicated. It was very simple. It was just about does Wolverine want to help this girl? And, and I think that once he meets the guy with the metal arm, I don't know what his name is. I don't know. The Reaver. Pierce, Dr. Uh, or Donald, Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Donald Pierce. Yeah. Who's once he comics? meets him and that piques his interest and you know that he's going, he's going to end up helping this person because he's, he's already like, he, trouble has found him. Right. And he knows that he, there's no way he can avoid this trouble now. And he's got to just. And you know that he, he deep down wants to do something and he, and it's, it's like, that's who he is. And he, he's eventually going to turn around and actually be the hero that everybody knows that he is. So it's, it's great. Yeah, he will do the right thing. It, it's, it's that flame that's, that's lit in him all of a sudden. What's cool about that is he, you know, he's going to help like Rugboy said, but he justifies it because it's a payday. So he's like, in the yeah. beginning, yes. he's like, this is going to be a huge payday that's why I'm going to help because we're going to get well, paid and me and professor X can get on that boat. But subconsciously, you know, he just wants to fucking help. That's right. He was just doing it for the money. Initially. He's just, no, he's justifying it by being like, I'm getting paid. 
Me and yeah. Professor X are going on that fucking boat, and he's gonna. I'm gonna help him shit all day. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and that happens to all of us. Yeah. We always need that reason to do something, but we, even mm-hmm. though we're gonna do it anyway. So right. it's cool. I mean, even though the story was real, like, it's very real. It was real. It was straightforward, but I, I, it was great because I didn't know where it was going. I kept finding myself thinking like, all right, now, now it's going to happen. All right. They got the girl now. And like, I had no idea where it was going. Although the minute they came up on Eric LaSalle and the black family, I was like, oh, they're all dead. <laughs> they're not going to make that's it. The, that's the soul glow guy, by the way. So yes. from, from coming to, from what? Yes. Coming, coming to, to America. America. Well, yeah, he was on ER. He's done a lot of things. Eric LaSalle's yeah, done a lot it, of It bothered me so much where I recognized him from, and I had to look it up. And when I found <laughs> out it was coming to America, I was like, holy shit, it's that douchebag from coming to America. Eric LaSalle's done a lot of shit, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't – it was surprising because I didn't know where it was going, and the second half road trip part was great. I love how there was, like, action movie superhero tropes that they kind of perverted, like that scene where they're being chased – and they're about to drive through the fence. Now, normal action movie, they're going to jump through that fence and sail to safety. This one, he hits the fence and boom, that's it. You're like, oh, oh, this ain't happening. And I got to back up. I thought that was pretty surprising. And I was, <laughs> that was cool. I did though. not I expect that. that. Yeah, awesome. I like that, that kind there's, of shit. There's another one. There's another yeah. one that's actually even a, a big character moment. Yeah. I'm sure you guys remember. Normally, after when where Eric LaSalle, whoever the, what's his character's name, his parents die, or his not his parents, his family dies. Yeah, but he yeah. helps and saves Wolverine. Remember? Yes. And he's pointing the gun at Wolverine. Normally, in the superhero film, before that guy dies, he would like acknowledge the hero and die, and it'd be like this tragic thing where he like, thanks, man, like you, I, yeah, I got your back on this one. Not this guy. Not in this oh, he movie. He just fell over. He takes the gun <laughs> and no, he takes the gun and tr- he's, he wants to kill him. He shoots right. Wolverine. He shoots at Wolverine. It clicks empty, and then he dies. And Wolverine's oh, almost right. resigned to like, I fucking deserve it. Yeah, I brought fucking trouble to your family. You should kill me. Like that never. That's yeah. that's a superhero trope that never happens. It usually yeah, is that's the other way around, where the, yeah. guy, the the dying guy acknowledges like, thank you, thank you so yeah. much for being. Bringing no, he was all still this trying to kill him. him. Yeah. Yeah. He he knew it was coming too. He wanted to leave. Yeah. And uh, Professor X is like, no, let's stay. And we all knew that it was coming. Well, that's the one thing I was like, dude, you know you're being hunted. Why are you bothering this nice family? You've just killed them all. Just get the fuck out of there. Uh, But they they don't know that they have Caliban. Oh, that's right. At that point. Yeah. They don't like Caliban. I like Stephen Merchant as Caliban. But Wolverine had to have known. Like, they're they're not far behind us, you know. They're yeah. gonna find me, and then you know, for in his defense, Eric LaSalle's character, like there was a clone of him, uh, you know, attacking him. So how does he know which fucking one it was? Right. He just saw another Wolverine come in and kill his family. Uh, that looks just like him. I do. I love the little uh, nods to where uh, the kid shaved his beard into his his uh, sideburns, and he's like, "Oh, who did this, you bastards?" I, I love how he's a, with the clippers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love, like, another movie that uh, that has themes of is, like, the wrestler, like an old warrior, an old hero, and he's kind of a myth and a legend, and that little black Iceman kid had the Wolverine toy in his hands at the end. You know, speaking of the wrestler, and we talked about Shane already, as soon as they started doing the whole Shane thing, I was like, because, you know, going into this, you got to wonder, all right, is he going to die in this movie? Yes. And I'm like, you know what, they're they're pumping Shane so hard, I'm thinking at the end, it's going to end like Shane. 
where he kind of rides off into the sunset on the horse and he's kind of half limped over. Yeah. And it just ends and you don't know if Shane lives or dies. Oh. That's the famous ending from Shane. Okay. And same thing with the wrestler. You know, yeah, he makes yeah. that jump. You don't know. They I thought they were going to uh, leave it ambiguous, no. especially with how hard uh, Ryan Reynolds is. I heard Ryan Reynolds, and this could be internet bullshit, is like parked outside of Hugh Jackman's house, like honking <laughs> the horn and saying like Wolverine, you come, wanna, out. come on. Yeah. Well, look, it's still po- look. He said this is his last movie. It's you know the ninth time, but this is in the future. And uh, my other question to you guys: This seems like one possible future ending. Did any some people? I saw some people were like, "This is an alternate reality, an alternate version of this character." But I, this is the same character, but it's a it's a possible future. So he could show up before this year in any movie. And Deadpool can time uh, and Deadpool can just, uh, just yeah, wink at the camera and be like, eh, it doesn't make sense, but he's I, I w- here. Can you put I that shit on vibrate? What are you doing? We're recording a podcast, you asshole. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I would go, I would think it would really, I think it would damage this movie if he showed up in any other films. Really? I think, I think, I'm talking about Hugh Jackman Wolverine. If, if Hugh Jack, I think if Hugh Jackman shows up in other films, I feel like, this one was like the closer. Like this one was literally like a goodbye film for him. No, none, I, not I movie th- at all. Like you, he should never play Wolverine again. I think he's. I think he should be done. I think this is this is the movie to go out and ride off in the sunset in. I think that's how he wants it. Yeah. I think he wants to end on top yeah. Seinfeld style. It would cheapen. Like, I mean, know. I agree. It would cheapen the impact of this movie. But there was those rumors that he talked to Marvel and where he made a Look, uh, Mar- overture to Marvel. If MCU makes him an offer, you better believe he. I mean, I think he wants to play in that sandbox over there as Wolverine. But I don't know. What do you do? Like, is it's Daphne Keen the next Wolverine? Like, I don't think you you continue. With her as the maybe well, the that's main what Mangold wants Logan to do anyway, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, Mangold said he wants I, I to make that, a movie with Daphne Kane. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also read that it. he's going to have he's going to have input on who the next Wolverine is. Yes, Hugh Jackman gets to pick who takes over his Wolverine. I don't know, role. I don't know if he gets to pick. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm well. You has I'm a say. Say Consult him. Yeah. yeah. What else did we like? I thought the score was very good. Anybody notice the score? Score Nobody was good. Yeah, the score was really good. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot. There was like, I'm talking uh, the character moments were just amazing. Like you, when they bury Professor X, and he's like, "There's water here." Like he's referencing them being on the boat together, and then they, you yeah, know the yeah. the weird, even like the conversation. Calib, Cal- Cal- how do you say his name? Caliban. Caliban. Caliban and Logan when they're talking about taking care of Professor X. Like, no, it's your turn. They're like, no, it's your turn. Like. That those those little things like that's fucking yeah, real, yeah, dude. That's like yeah. in nursing home shit where you're like, man, I, I gotta wash my dad. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You're like, that's the that's the shit that happens. Or like, like when he gets all pissed off at the car when Logan's when uh, Professor X is dead and he just takes a shovel to it. Like all those little character moments. Even at the end when she takes the cross and makes it an X. Like that all was, that stuff. Oh, that is was beautiful. Right in the fucking that. feels, dude. All of that shit. Oh, that was a beautiful moment because she's picking it up. I'm like, wait, what are you doing? And then she puts it down. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> wow. And then it just fucking, wanna, that's it. What I wish would have happened. And it's great because one of the things that they've never done before, maybe they've done it, but I don't remember exactly where they did it, where they had the comic books there. And, uh, you know, Wolverine is conscious that he's a comic book character right. and uh, that they made comics about the X-Men. 
and they got them in this ridiculous yellow suit. It would be really funny if when they right after they shaved his uh, beard to look like uh, Wolverine, yeah. that they like, look, we made this costume oh, for yeah. you. Yeah. And then awesome. they like beg him to put it on and he puts it on just to make them happy for like a second and takes it off. Oh, that would have been fun. We really, I think all X-Men fans really wanted him to some, we never got to see him in the silly costume. It would be through the kids, like acknowledging the fan base going, okay, you want me to put this on? I'll put it on. Just leave me alone. Yes. Happy. And he just stands there and like gives you the middle finger claw. (laughs) I'd have been happy. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as it, as soon as it opened and people like, oh my God, I saw the Wolverine movie. It was so good. Like a week before it hit the theaters, I was just like, answer me one question. Do we get the costume? Cause Hugh Jackman was like, you know definitely letting that rumor swirl yeah then and he wanted to and i think it was doable in flashback or something you know flashback or the idea with the kids is great even if they just like put it on him while he was sleeping yeah. would have been great but I, I understand why they didn't you know and that was something i wanted to see but it wasn't a huge concern i had because as soon as i heard they were going to base this off the comic book old man logan which I don't know how many it's of you have read. Really, it has nothing not really to no. do nothing with to old do. man. It has a couple of broad themes. Uh, the theme of, you know, Wolverine. The road trip. The road yeah, trip yeah. is in there. The theme of uh, Wolverine in the future not wanting to pop his claws or be found, kind of living on a farm. Uh, and then the other interesting Mostly thing that, is. Mostly just setting and character. And setting. Yeah. Now, the other interesting kind of uh, thing that is that they reference Old Man Logan is the Westchester incident. That Charles briefly mentions that apparently there was a flashback scene. They cut it out. Maybe it'll be on the DVD. But in this movie, we find out that it's possible that Charles, soon after Days of Futures Past, because it's amazing. Oh, five years have passed from the end of the movie to this, and all this fucking shit happens. Like, he must have killed all the X-Men, seized out right after that, and killed the X-Men mm-hmm. in Westchester. Now, in Old Man Logan... It's a fucked up Westchester incident when Logan tells you. So I, I, I'll get a full confession. I never read Old Man Logan, but I watched the comics historian video. He, that yeah. guy does a great job on YouTube. He, it's like a 14-minute video. He kind of narrates the whole story with panel art. Really good job. Uh, it's it has not, this Old Man Logan is completely different. There's Hulk gangs and Ghost yeah. Riders and Old Hawkeye and, and Red Skull and a Venom Dinosaur. And a bunch of crazy shit in the spider buggy. And that's why I was so terrified when I heard that yeah, you know, yeah, Logan, yeah. Old I'm glad. Man Logan. The Westchester incident in Old Man Logan is nuts. It's all the villains are attacking at once. And Logan berserkers out and kills all of them. Only to find out that Mysterio made all the heroes look like villains to him. He turns around and all he killed everyone. Jubilee's in his arms. Yes. Holy yeah. shit. And then and then he stumbles to the train tracks, lays his head down as a train goes over his head. Yeah. It's a lot uh, it's a lot crazier to see. But I like this flip that fucking Charles, because a lot like the show Legion, you know, you imagine a, a powerful mutant mind like that when it starts to break down. He is a living weapon. Yeah. He is now a living weapon that needs to be medicated, needs to be watched constantly. And was he in Cerebro? What do you mean? The whole time? Well, no. When, when he when, killed it, everyone? When it happened, yeah. Because mm. that could really lead to a lot of anti-mutant sentiment, and that could be what why they hunted all the mutants down. Yeah, and they made, uh, uh, I guess, what is it? They put something in the food to prevent new mutants right. to yeah. kill them yeah. and while they made their own mutants, yes. which is another interesting thing. Like, who has it worse? Was it X-23 or Logan? You know, one kind of being tested on and changed into a killer, and the other one... Just being fucking bred as a killer from well, the get-go. I would, I would, I would argue X twenty three was never had a childhood. No, 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 she didn't. She didn't know how to interact with anybody else. 
what yeah I'd say so that's a lot rougher but that's that's probably why you can make the argument that she was way more even more ferocious than Wolverine dude she was she was literally robbed of childhood yes amazing wild feral kid performance uh, of this little girl and she never had to fight PG-13 style (laughs) which helps which was great man (laughs) Let's talk about some of the violence because there's some fucked up stabbing shit. Uh, stab from behind in in front. You saw the fucking shit come out through the head. Many decapitations and amputations of arms and limbs. Holy shit. It was glorious. There was blood everywhere. It was yeah. glorious. Some of it maybe oh, like unnecessary, but whatever. It was awesome. Like the beginning was fucking brutal. I love that his claws didn't work. Like little I, touches like performance that. Performance issues. Great. Yeah. I, I was in the theater and, uh, some asshole, there's always one that brings their like little kid to the movie. They had to leave like as soon as shit got going. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, good, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you don't bring a kid to this. Like, I mean, like a four year old to this. Come on. <laughs> I'm with you. I would say the, I would say the, the violence got a little repetitive towards the end. But I think this is where I'm going to kind of say that the R rating enhanced the film because provided that violence and the swearing and just how fucked up it's gotten in the X-Men universe. And it I think grounded that, it, a little it grounded yeah, it. Yeah. It grounded it. And it, and it showed that this world's fucking different now. Like it's really gotten bad for the X-Men. And I think that R rating enhanced the film and did that for it. It didn't feel like it was just an R rating just because Deadpool was rated R. Let's just fucking make it rated R. Like they I actually, mean, the, boobie, the boobies the were a rating. little flagrant. Yeah, but yeah, they leaned into it the, pretty good. The boobies were there was no reason for that girl to show her boobies, but they're like, you know what? Let's show some boobies. Why not? It was one of the only times Wolverine smiled in the movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, yeah. But it also shows the kind of like life he's living now. Like he's dealing with these yep. drunk yep. fucks every day, and he's yeah, just taking. Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, limo driver just trying to make. He's a uh, limo driver. Holy living. fuck! Yeah, it's great. It's great. Just making. Uh, I loved also. I loved uh, I loved the effect of when Charles would seize out because in essence it's a very kind of simple camera shake effect. But boy, watching it made you disoriented. Like it fucked with your eyes, and like I felt like I was shaking. And the, especially the the casino scene that was so long. That was so awesome. Holy shit, it was crazy because it's like so hard to watch because of the shake, but you get what everyone's going through, and you tense. Like you're, gra- it made me like tense up and grab the railing because I'm like, you fucking get there. Uh, the people and like the people are slowly starting to turn to shoot him, and he's just fucking slicing everybody up, powering through it. Oh, unbelievable! So great. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I audibly gasped like when when Xavier got stabbed. Like I audibly gasped. Like I was there was some reactions for me and the audience. We were like, "Holy shit!" I didn't think that was gonna happen. Not like that, at least. Yes. Yeah. It played out like it played out like a dream sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. that part was a little confusing, but you knew that when he said, like, this is the best day I've ever had, that he was going to be the goner like after that. And it's sad that like Logan really didn't get to hear those final words that, you know, were meant for him. Every time, every time Professor X was like in danger, I was literally like, no, no, save him, please, please save Professor X. Like yeah. the part again, another character moment when they're in the limo and X-23 covers Professor X to from bullet bullet the gunshots. Like, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Like, that's so cute. Like, they had those two had a great relationship. Yeah, you just felt everything. Like, everything felt real. She was, uh, you know, she looked up to him as kind of a grandfather. And then Wolverine and Laura's relationship and Wolverine and Charles, like, the three-way, just very well handled, very well written. Uh, let's get to a couple of our uh, reviews from our friends, and it'll kind of guide us into, 
uh, what we didn't like about the movie. Oh, shit. And you'll, oh, you'll okay. see why. Here is the first one from uh, Daniel Nosker of the Geek Street Podcast. Here's his review. Hey, guys. What's up? It's Daniel from Geek Street Podcast. Just wanted to give you some thoughts on Logan. And I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think after 17 years... And a lot of hit-and-miss films, they got it right. And I'm super glad that this was Hugh Jackman's send-off movie. And it definitely deserved the rated R treatment. The scenes, the language, it all fit in this movie so well. It was definitely emotional. I mean, it was a great story, which made it emotional. But, uh, I mean, like I said, 17 years of us being invested in him playing this character was... It was kind of emotional for me, at least. I don't know how it was for everybody else, but it definitely definitely struck a nerve at the end of the movie. And, uh, yeah, I loved how they just kind of let loose on this film and gave – they kind of gave the fans what they wanted. And I loved what they did with X-23, giving her the foot claws. I thought that was super cool. It was a nice tie-in. And you can definitely see where they pulled parts of the original Old Man Logan story and had to manipulate them to fit their story because of – copyright issues but hands down i thought this was this was phenomenal i really really enjoyed it and uh yeah i mean definitely gonna go see it again and looking forward to hearing from you guys and your thoughts right on thanks daniel uh i thought i wish she uh used her foot claws more instead of just the one time it was cool she had them uh, also, look at look at the production like of MCU compared to we had seven, ten movies, seventeen years from Fox, right? I think it's like ten X Men movies altogether. Uh, original trilogy, Apocalypse trilogy, three Wolverines and a Deadpool. Yeah, 10, that's ten, right? That's ten. Marvel's given us like fourteen movies in like about nine years, just under nine years. Holy shit, that's kind of crazy. Well, that's a that's whole right. politics. You know, <laughs> Marvel bit. did a good job of planning their movies. I think, you know, yes. Fox like DC, they're like, well, let's just make this one. And if it makes money, we'll make another one. So, yeah, I mean, especially with, yeah, with the X-Men where they can fuck with the timeline. And at times it's like they don't really even care, you know, how this continuity works. Although I saw a thing where in the Wolverine, there's a line Yukio says that kind of. Uh, foreshadows the ending of this movie. Have you seen that? Do you guys remember that line? I, I think that's a stretch. You think <laughs> yeah. it's a stretch? You'll die with your heart in your hands. Yeah, and he she's died like, with... I see you with it, yeah, yeah. holding her like she's the heart. Yeah, but I mean, in that movie, he did flatline with yeah. his literal heart in his literal hand. Yes. So, but a lot of people like somebody tweeted that to Mangold, and Mangold's like, well, well, very good. You keep yeah. around. You keep referencing the the X Men timeline as if this is something that's been. Uh, thought through but if you are following that the wolverine never actually happened in this timeline that's right everything after 1973 has been changed right but so there's like movie they they allude to the wolverine with the samurai sword in his place at his um where his his house is and there is a briefcase too that briefcase is somewhere in the movie as well see so it's a little so it's it's a little you, you really can't don't even think about it. Don't even you. Don't even <laughs> think about the fucking timeline when you're watching this movie. Doesn't matter. No, you can't. It makes your head hurt. Yeah. All right. Here's uh, Matt Delhauer, uh, our, our buddy who does the what the fuck happens. Here's his thoughts. What's up, dudes? It's Matt Delhauer. Uh, so I saw Logan recently, and I know Imran said that if I had done that, I should go ahead and send in a little voice thing about it on my take. So, 
uh, to try and be brief, it was fucking amazing. I loved it. It already is ranked as what I believe to be the best X-Men movie. It also is now sitting in my top five uh, Marvel movies, despite not being Marvel, like not MCU. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was unbelievably violent to the point of of uh, having physical reactions to the actual uh, violence of it. I thought both Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart were fantastic. Um, I honestly think Patrick Stewart could win an Oscar if they cared enough to so. try and put him up for it. Yes. Uh, I don't foresee that actually happening, <laughs> but I think that that was the caliber of acting that was going on in the movie. It was very refreshing to have a movie a superhero movie specifically that never really went too far over the top. And I believe that it is the movie that anyone should see if they say that they are an X-Men fan, uh, if they're a Wolverine fan, even if you're not, I would say, see this movie. Hugh Jackman really went out on a high note. Um, everybody really kind of gave it their all with this one. And I think Above all else, it proved that not only can you do a great superhero movie that is rated R, but you can also do a good, serious, sometimes dark superhero movie that is two and a half hours long that doesn't also make me fucking pissed off that oh, I saw snap. it. Oh, shit. Um, yes. I wonder what he's talking I about there. I had to talk down Batman v Superman <laughs> oh, that by movie. seeing Logan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For anyone who is on the fence, fuck you, go see it. <laughs> For advice. anyone who didn't like it, fuck you, go see it again. <laughs> and I'll talk to you guys more about it down the road, most likely. Later on, guys. Would you? Is this the Dark Knight of X-Men movies? Yes. Yeah? <laughs> I, I don't see, yeah. That, see anything beating it. Yeah. But I think that this has been a huge course correction for Fox. But it makes you wonder... Are they, do they get the right message from it doing well? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think we necessarily need an R-rated X-Men movie, yeah. but... Just, oh, we're going to get a lot more. I think what this movie says more than anything is that you don't have to just sit there and make, like... Apocalypse is the perfect example. You can throw all the CG and all the bullshit that you want at the screen, and if it's if there's nothing there... There's nothing there. Yeah. Like, there's not a yeah. movie there. Yeah. It's just, okay, let's use some fucking effects. And you need to have something there. Right. The characters have to do something. They have to mean something to each other. They have to have an, a reason to be doing what they're doing. And you have to have emotional connections. I mean, the whole father-son thing that that's there. there I mean, they're, they're, and, they're the, and it's like that kind of pseudo-family that is Professor X and Wolverine and Caliban. You know, they're a family and they're trying to survive. And uh, it's, there's real things there. And that's always when that the X-Men, that's when the X-Men has always been the best. When you're talking about family, when you're talking, when this stuff goes beyond superhero uh, gimmicks, like uh, you want to do it right. You, you got to think the, the broader themes. I, I'll tell you, you the don't more. need effects and shit like that. I'll tell you the wrong message that some I've read some reviews there. They'll be saying like this movie transcends the genre. <laughs> Like oh as if like this is the type of movie <laughs> that you need to make to make a good comic book film. No, this movie worked because this movie is it worked in this context. It doesn't have to always be like yeah. this. It just has Correct. to have awesome Correct. characters and that really mean something that are actually doing things that feel real. The, the wrong message would be making 
trying to recreate this film every time. It's not going to happen. 17 years is a long time for a ca- one guy to be playing a character. That's why this film yep. hit the feels yep. along with the fact that it was so, uh, so much heart was put into it. You're Absolutely. not going to just recreate we have a, we have this a, with another, with like the next film. With, right. With like new characters that you're trying to introduce. I mean, that's the, the, the reason it worked is we knew these characters and uh, you know, speaking of mangled, like you said, Anthony, he cared about this, but he also got these characters like, and that's super important that he understood these characters and where they were. And you're right. This is, it works now in this context. And I think there was more character building in this movie than there was in that entire first class trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. it just, and you guys pointed out, I'm not definitely, really there was no it, character building in the fucking last one. So. No, no. Yeah. And it's all about, it's all about character. It's yep. all of it. You know, I don't care about a it's, flying trash vortex. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing that, see, the thing is like, uh, you know, Anthony's dad went to go see this movie, yes. not probably seeing the other X-Men movies, yes. but I think yep, that, you're right. You know, you could see it on, on your own and see it as that one, you know, cont- self-contained story. But if you watch it in context with X-Men and you, you've grown up with Wolverine and you've seen all the other movies and all the other phases of Wolverine and, and the other sides to Wolverine, that this is a great addition and it, it does like it's a, it's a great piece of, of the Wolverine puzzle. It, it, it's integral now. Yeah. It needed to, it went where it needed to go and what I kind of wanted it to do. It fucking, it gave you something. Uh, that you wanted. Okay, last one is from our friends David Malofsky and Scott Meridu from A Place to Hang Your Cape. And they have a new podcast called Pod Capers. It's real short, but in this short review, he brings up a lot of things that will help lead us into our little nitpick section. Just this will explain it. Uh, I have, I have <laughs> Hello, Nerd. It's Scott Meridu and David Malofsky from Pod Capers, the official podcast of A Place to Hang Your Cape. We're doing our own Logan review episode. And thought we'd send you some of our thoughts. Like how X-24 could have been replaced with much more interesting characters. Or how they never really explained the adamantium poisoning. (laughs) Or how this is the first X-Men film with boobs. Boobies. We're looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the film. And you can hear the rest of ours in episode 5 of Podcapers out March 22nd. I forgot how funny Scott Meridu... He's like a geeky, neurotic John Oliver. He's hilarious. I love it. He's just like a cartoon character. But look, they just brought up a couple of good points. Uh, Kevin uh, raised his hand when he mentioned uh, X-24. Yep. I was not a fan. I mean, it, it was great. It works in the context of the movie. I just, when you're doing something, you know it's going to be the last movie. And you know it's going to be the end all be all. Give me a good villain. Yeah. The villains were overall kind of lacking. Kind of uh, weird. You didn't know who the main villain was. Yeah. They were ominous. They were threatening, I felt. Yeah. But- well, the guy behind the guy was nothing cool. Right. Yeah. The guy, oh, yes. The doctor, Dr. Rice. But when they were like, you lacking. can't you can't uh, teach rage. It has to come natural. I was like, maybe they they did what I always thought they should do is get the fucking Sabretooth Lib Shraver from yeah. Yeah. the Origins movie. Not Taylor Maine. Well, and turn him into something like the Taylor May oh. with the Weapon X project. I mean, soup him up, give him, you know, better whatever, and kind of explain how he went from being the clean cut guy in the one movie to the animal in the next. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. Make, you know, souped up Sabretooth. I mean, that's when they made Origins, I'm like, that movie is going to live or die by the Sabretooth portrayal. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he's a great actor. I've yeah. seen some of that at Roy Donovan, which is really good. Yes. But for the last movie, bring in an iconic 
Wolverine villain. Okay, so you would want a saber tooth. Rugs, Anthony, what what did you think about uh, X twenty four? What what should they have done? X twenty four. Well, I was just gonna piggyback. Let me piggyback on um, what Kevin said, and Rugs can answer the X twenty four. Oh wait, we're talking about X twenty four. I get them confused with X twenty three. Never mind. Just disregard what I just we, said. We we're talking. Yeah, we we're talking about X twenty four. We're talking about the clone. clone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also agree that yeah. there. Every time I like wanted to sink my teeth into a villain, they changed it into like some. Okay, this is actually the bad. Yes. Guy. Okay, this is actually. But they were ominous. Yeah. I'll give that. The, the, what kind of. And I understand like X-24 did work in this context in terms of like the old Logan fighting his younger feral self like that works for this film. Yeah. But what ruins it for me is the fact that Wolverine Origins basically had X-24 disguised as Deadpool as the main villain. So they already did this. Well, he was was it. They already did this. He was like Weapon Nine. He was Weapon Eleven. Oh, he, he was, was Weapon Eleven. 11. It was yeah. it's yeah, oh, the they've same done it. yes, he was shit. After. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. We've seen yeah. Weapon Eleven is Wolverine. Basically, he's got the the healing factor. He's controlled by other people. He's got long claws, just like X twenty four. So I guess what I'm getting at is there wasn't if we didn't see this weird Deadpool in the in in Wolverine Origins, I think this villain would have stood out better for me. But the fact that we've already seen it is just kind of lazy. Yeah, it needed more variety because you have you have X twenty three who has claws, Wolverine has claws, yeah. and then you have the bad guy who has the same exact claws and attacks in the same exact way. So you're getting like repetitive, uh, you know, yeah. kind of stuff. You need a, a villain that's a little bit more dynamic. I mean, I would even say like Sabretooth is cool, but I would go I would go Sasquatch or something just really crazy. <laughs> something Isn't that haven't like seen. one of Wolverine's first major fights with Sasquatch or something uh, from the Alpha Flight. It was Hulk yeah. and uh it wasn't Sasquatch, the Yeti? No. That's the Yeti, that's yeah. Sasquatch, yeah. Or or, or the Wendigo. 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 That's Wendigo. What I was looking for. Yeah, they should have busted out the Wendigo. But um yeah, and that would have been like a perfect circle. Ended in the in the first guy that Wolverine battles, and uh, you can't do the Hulk, but you can do Wendigo, and you can do something cool with that. And, and you know that probably would have cost a lot of money. And yeah, so it's a little repetitive. Uh, and uh, but it was cool to see. The great thing about X twenty four is that you get to see young Wolverine again, yeah, and you get to see that duality, and and that was cute. But um, I would have rather had the variety. I have a couple of problems I have with this. It seems, I mean, I think they, well, they needed a reason to use the Edmantium bullet on somebody, I guess. And that's a good way to use it. It seems a little lazy, but, and I also thought the scene where Charles does get killed and he thinks it's Logan and it's him. Like, I think the fact that that's the first time you see X 24, I think it like undermines the death of Xavier a little bit because Anthony, you said, and I've heard a lot of other people say this. They thought that was like a dream sequence at first. They didn't know what was going on. So it kind of like pulls you out of the story and the meaningfulness of it. And then you're like, oh, shit. Because I was like, what's in that box? And I was like, oh, snap. It's another. And then here's the other thing. Like we were saying, he's never going to come back. But now we know they could just clone the motherfucker whenever they want. They could bring back Hugh Jackman Logan whenever. They just clone him. They've already done it twice, three times. Yeah. yeah and I- they didn't destroy like the they didn't destroy their base or anything. You know, they're still cloning motherfuckers out there. Yeah. And why didn't they also if so if they had Logan's DNA, they also would have had. Lady Deathstrike's DNA, who was also made by the same pro- uh, program for oh, X-Men yeah. 2. Yeah, yeah. So you could have brought her back. I mean, you could have had three or four people souped up adamantium people for Wolverine to fight. And honestly, I'm not a plot hole guy. Like, some guys can watch a movie and be like, all right, this was wrong, that was wrong. You know, yeah. I am I go into movies knowing I have to suspend my disbelief. Yeah. But I had two major issues okay. with the end of the movie. Yeah. 
first of all, if adamantium bullets are a thing, and this company has adamantium to make X24 and X23, yeah. wouldn't they have had some of these adamantium bullets and they should have in all their guns? Already? That's a good point. The second <laughs> point is, when Wolverine's got the tree trunk through him and he's dying, and like I said, I we all kind of knew Wolverine was going to die. Wouldn't they, had a, wouldn't they have had a bunch more of that green serum that they were souping him up with in that truck Plus, that I, was like 10 feet away? Yeah, and I also <laughs> – I feel like he could have survived that injury had they, she just pulled them off right away. He may have healed up. It would have maybe taken a while. Yeah. Give, I, him, give him the juice. I felt like it – I mean maybe I just wanted a little more devastating of a kill. But I did like but, the part where they're holding hands. He wanted to go, though. But I'm like, I got a, yeah. I got a bunch of nitpicks. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And it, his shit was slowing down. He was getting poisoned like cancer by the adamantium. Go ahead, Ruggs. So, yeah, Ruggs, what do you got? Okay, I got a bunch of nitpicks. Oh, he's got a bunch. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> Wait, let me, right, hold on. First... Let me give you this. Uh, where is it? Here's the rundown. There was one moment where... Uh, I had to turn to the person next to me and make a comment. Like, oh, no. Because, like, I was like, I can't. Like, it's too, like, perfect to say something. So <laughs> when uh, Wolverine meets, you know, uh, the lady who's got X-23 and he gets her phone and he starts watching the shit on her phone, I'm like, who edited this movie? Like, that's on their phone. <laughs> it was like, us. It was yes. like, it was, like yeah. cutting yes. back and forth. They had a voiceover. It was like, I'm like, this is, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're supposed to believe that that's on her phone? Like, what did she make that with iMovie? Yeah, iMovie. Like, you never use the iMovie on your phone? It takes a little bit of time. You sit yeah, she, there. She you really wanted to do a really good presentation. It very discreet And then the fact either. that she had unfettered yeah. access to, like, this top not yeah. <laughs> yeah. just walking around, just walking around with a camera while people are using their powers. There's, like, lower like, thirds on there, and there's, like, a scrolling ticker. and But, yeah, nobody yeah. noticed her fucking filming I, all this shit. I laughed audibly. <laughs> I'm like... How is she like in the middle of the room with her camera just going? <laughs> so I was like, "Wow, that's really that's really bad." That's a good point. But so uh, that was like one really glaring yeah. big bad thing that that I noticed, uh, and I had to make a comment on that before anybody else. <laughs> did. Um, so there's that. There was the fact that um, I would have liked that green shit to last a little bit longer. Yeah, because yeah. it yeah. seemed like it just. I mean, they make a big deal about it. Like we gave you some of this. And we only gave you a little bit, and we're going to give you a lot. And it, it just was, like, not even, like, they should have, like, another minute more. He took it. a shitload, and I thought that would have been enough to carry him through. Like, he took yeah. the whole bottle of the fucking thing. Yeah. But, um, it, so I was I was a little bit mad that it, it, it burnt out so quick. And this is my last final thing. Okay. So, X-23 is a weapon from day one. You know, she's born and bred and whatever to uh, kick ass and take names. The rest of the people seem like huge pussies and can't do shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like Wait, I you mean, had an earthquake guy. Look, Richter is an actual from the comic books. He's the earthquake no, guy. The, that's not what he's getting at. That's not what he's getting at. He's oh. getting at the fact that these guys were all bred to fucking be killers and they're all running away like pussies. Like they, they should all have the same attitude X-23 had. Uh, oh, I see. No older than them. She's I like see. just, you know, she's yeah. a little bit more feral, but yeah. all of these guys had the same training. They should be just as inhuman. As, they should as all have been feral. You're absolutely right. Like, how are they civilized? Like, how long were they on their own? Yeah, that wasn't really. Clear. I mean, they, they can have civil. They can be civilized, but they were trained to kill from a young age, and they're running away. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have been running. Right. Yeah. So I didn't like right. that at all either. I'm like, why are they running? Like, why are they helpless little kids? There should be badass. And why is just going to Canada going to help them? Is fucking Alpha Flight waiting for them I, across the border? Yeah, I would have liked. I would have liked. I would have liked that the uh, Reavers be. 
be like, you know, they're obviously have these kids and they know what, what they're, what they're capable of. So they have like, like things to counter countermeasure weapons. Yes. Yeah. And that would have been cool to see like all the countermeasures that they had waiting for these kids. And then they at least give a good, a good try to fight them off instead of running and letting fucking Wolverine do everything. Yeah. I, what I thought was going to happen is they have these, these kids that are, that are all trained. I thought instead of having the, the bullet kill X 24, I thought all these kids would rally and start and team up to kill X 24. And then it would always be like, this is the moment where the new X-Men are arising. And instead of doing Ooh, that, they that would have been nice. Went with the they kind of rallied to take out Pierce. They, uh, well, they rallied to take out Pierce, lame. but that I was kind of lame, but that was lame. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it would have cost a lot of money. I, mean, but cool I don't know. I felt like they- Dude, Laura, Laura had the killing blow ultimately, which was kind of a uh, poetic in a, in a sense. She hit him with that bullet and then he went, finally went down. Yeah. Any more nitpicks? Rugs, you said you had a bunch. Was that all of them? Well, I I, I said the uh, video thing. I said the, the um, damn it, the kids were like a little lame in their execution of their powers. And just the fact that they were not, didn't seem battle ready at all. Um, And the bad guy, the, the yeah. guy who is the head of the bad guys, he was not compelling, not given enough screen time to be ominous or anything. He was just kind of like a British dude or something. And uh, I really knew nothing about him No, yeah. other than he, he came from this corporation. I would have liked to maybe had a little bit, maybe a minute or two in the corporation just to see how much of a dick he was or something. I could, No, I agree. I could have used more on Pierce and the doctor just a little bit. But look, I think we can all agree that those the pros heavily outweigh the cons no, yeah. for this movie. Like that's very nitpicky and Overall, it doesn't really affect your enjoyment of the movie, except for the one point where Rugboy laughed out loud at the woman's iMovie video on her phone. She's, that, that, I mean, it looked like a fucking Vice video. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it, 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 was, and it, was like, it was like in people's faces, too. Yeah, it was so yeah. like, I was like, how is this discreet? You're like literally carrying around a camera and, and putting in people's faces. And couldn't they have tracked the phone, too? Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. He like, had it with him. a high security place for the fucking making people. And they're like, they have no phone security. Uh, okay, so let's, I got a bunch of links, which I'm just going to mention things. If you guys want to talk about them, fine. If not, we will carry on. Uh, it, Logan time, X-Men timeline. Uh, uh, when does this take place? No, you, do you want to discuss this at all? Does it, does it make a difference? I, I don't think it makes a difference. And I think that Fox doesn't even give a fuck about this. No, shit. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Basically, all you got to know is like, Days of Future Past, 1973, it splits. But what's interesting is that this Logan is the only one that has lived in the two timelines. Sort of, right? Yep. Because he would have went through the first timeline. Yeah. And then in the future, past this movie, goes back to 73, and then that becomes this timeline. I don't know. I don't know if he retains all his memories. I, I, don't, I don't. It's time travel, so who knows? And it's going to be interesting to see when the when the Blu-ray comes out what's cut, because obviously you said they cut the Westchester scene. They might add that in there. There's supposed to be a, a Jean Grey centric scene. That's what I saw, I saw also that there's some kind of Jean Grey, and maybe there's even more about the Doctors. I mean, they put that Easter egg in after the credits of X Men Apocalypse with the whole Essex Corp thing. Yes, which is kind of the that is the company now that does the Weapon X program. 
They never really linked it to anything. <laughs> no, yeah. What the <laughs> fuck was Essex? What was all that shit? It was a red herring. I did enjoy some of the Easter eggs, like uh, Alkali Transigen mm-hmm. being, you know, Alkali Lake, kind of following, having the same name and, and this company. Uh, what other Easter eggs? You had the comic books, of course, done by Joe Quesada, Dan Panosian. What I usually dislike is Imran gets this huge fucking boner about these Easter eggs. <laughs> They're really just nothing. But... I like that the Easter eggs in this film were much more subtle. Yes. It wasn't like, hey, look at us. We're a fucking part of this universe, too. Yeah. It was more like just a world building. Like, oh, that's a, oh, yeah, that's a nice nod. It wasn't forced. Film. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. forced. Yeah. And I like that. It was, you know, like the, the katana in his, play, in his room yeah. and all that stuff. Like, it's just very subtle stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, this was, he's, he's, He's been Logan for 17 years. We should acknowledge something. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you have that much history. How about X 23 kind of being like the Harley Quinn of the X-Men universe in the sense that Harley was created for Batman, the anime series and X 23 created for X-Men evolution by Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost, because from what I read, they wanted them to, because that's all the teenage X-Men. They wanted them to teenage up actual Logan. And I think I'm so glad they didn't do that because you. I don't think anybody wants to see that. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to create a new female clone teenage Wolverine, and what an amazing fucking character! And now she is the Wolverine in yeah. main uh, Marvel continuity. The only and book she's going to be the new Harley Quinn because people are going to be cosplaying yep. as her yep. all the time. So it's totally Harley Quinn, which is uh, except she's a fucking way more interesting character. Way more interesting character. What's cool about being addicted to abuse like Harley Quinn is. Yeah, and you barely saw that in that fucking movie in Suicide Squad. Like, they didn't even that do... That would, would at least made her interesting. Yeah, yeah, if they had some of that. And uh, the other Easter eggs, Reavers, Donald Pierce. Uh, oh, the scene that, where Laura cuts herself in the, in the, uh, when she's in the, the place and she just cuts herself and it heals up and she does it again. That's right out of uh, X-23 solo series by Craig yeah. Kyle, Christopher Yost, which is kind of cool. That was fucking crazy. She's just like slicing herself. Like a whoop. But then she just cuts herself again. I was really impressed. They stuck to her origin story as closely as they did. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a huge X-23 fan. The all new Wolverine book is the only Marvel book I'm reading right now. Oh, really? It's good. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And, uh, Kyle and Yost, uh, did an X-Force run. Okay. With, uh, X-23, Wolverine, Wolfsbane, uh, Thunderbird, which is definitely like one of my favorite, definitely my favorite X-Force runs, if not my favorite X-Men run. Yeah. It's not even that old, and it didn't run very long. But, you know, you talk about X-Men Evolution, which I really wasn't a fan of the teenage X-Men. Yeah, it was a good show, though. It was all right. Um, Wolverine and the X-Men was much better. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, that one I didn't watch that much. It, it only went for one season. Oh. Uh, but anyway, you talk about the, these cartoons, you can talk about the timeline, and now looking back on this and Apocalypse, which was the last one, I think the reason I was so leaning on Apocalypse is because where the timeline needs to end up for these movies yeah. is you need to end up with the 90s X-Men animated series team. That's where this has got to go. Uh, okay. Because that's where, you know, a lot of people that are like my age, like the millennial types, we grew up with that cartoon. Yeah, that's what you want to see. That's where our fond X-Men memories come from. Right. So... You know, the inconsistencies of the timeline, we could talk about that for three days, but yeah. where the timeline needs to end up is there. 
With the Jubilee and the Storm and Jubilee, Beast Storm, and Team Gambit, Wolverine, yeah. Gambit, yeah. yeah. Mm, that all is those, interesting. Cause that, I, com- I completely agree with that. Thank you. That is what I grew up on. No, yep. and it makes Absolutely. it makes sense from that point of view. Mm-hmm. You're like, th- give me, finally give me this X-Men that everybody knows. Right. Like It's like they're beating around the bush and trying all these things, and it's just simple as, look, this is the X-Men, the wide audience, mainstream, the most people know this set of X-Men. And, and it's got to be, it's got to be super colorful. Yeah. It's got to be yeah. super diverse. It's, it's, it's exactly. And you can, you want to capture that family dynamic and all the little drama. And I'd love to see a Colossus Kitty Pride relationship, all that shit. And that's why when I left X-Men Apocalypse, like right out of the theater, I was like, obviously I had issues with the movie and there were things that lacked and it, did not do that movie any favors to put a 35, 40 minute Wolverine Weapon X thing in there. Yeah. As cool as it was. Yeah. But I, I left going, you know, at least they got they're the going to where they need to be. Yeah. We saw at the end, they finally have costumes. They're, you know, hanging out in the danger room and doing all that stuff. That's where they need to end up. And I hope that this Logan movie showed them that it's not about worldwide stakes like Apocalypse with the trash heaps and all the special effects. Do a small character driven movie. Yep. And I think that's been a hard sell with the studios and just look at uh, the Wolverine, the last Wolverine movie, the first two thirds of that movie are amazing. Yeah. And at the end you want a 15 foot tall CGI yeah. Iron yeah. Man robot. It's yeah. like, it's completely different. Movie. Piss off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he could have fought ninjas for the, you know, the last half an hour of that movie. Would've and been, I would have been totally stoked. I, I yeah. just, I just had a thought that I, I didn't really uh, have until just now. Okay. And uh, it's, it's about Dakin. Yeah, it's right. uh, the oh, son. Oh, man, Dakin. Like, instead of X-24, they should have made it Dakin. Oh, shit, a nut. Like, here's, we, here's like, your daughter, but you also have a son. Oh, shit, yeah. that would have been cool. And, and he has to kill his son, not his son. When X-24 like, popped the claws, I was looking really closely. It's hard to see yeah. if he had three or two and yeah. one out the wrist, Dakin yeah. style. Yeah. Because you're right, yeah. that would have been awesome. Oh, that would have been good, too. That would have been easy to do. <laughs> Yeah, and that would have been the the dichotomy of the the daughter that he never wanted and the son that he never wanted. And then, yeah, he loves twist. one and hates, yes. and the other oh, one just hates his ass. Even deeper family yeah. thematic uh, in there. Oh shit, that's really good. Wow, good oh, thought, Dakin. That's God a good damn thought. It. Why did they do that? Mangled. Uh, you did what you could. Dakin uh, is a bad Hugh Jackman with a mohawk. Oh yeah, like CG'd out, like kind of a like young Hugh Jackman with a mohawk and like tattoos. Oh shit, yeah, they they do like a Downey Jr. de aging. And then yeah. make him Dakin. Dakin's well, a bad man. Dakin's Asian because Dakin is his daughter from uh, Miracle, from The Wolverine. Oh, man, they could have done that. <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So Dakin is, and and Dakin's got a great backstory. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Wolverine stuff is really cool. His name, Dakin, is actually Japanese for dog. Oh, cool. Because they hated him. Because, he, was the, you know, he was just a dog to them. Exactly. And in The Wolverine, they really, you know showed you that they didn't really like Wolverine because he was a mutant. They kind of saw him as like the other. So it's not that hard to imagine, you know, all of a sudden Mirko and him, you know, hook up and then all of a and sudden his kid comes kid. back. Yeah. Mm. So that, that, oh, that would have tied in nicely. That would have tied it nicely. Okay. So look, here's the thing. We're talking about the plot, yeah. the story, the overall, there's one article on crack that almost made me hate this movie. Why? Because they point out brilliantly that the Logan was done 11 years ago in a more thoughtful manner in a movie called Children of Men. Oh, shit. Has anybody seen? Great movie. Yes. Great. Amazing sci-fi movie, Children of Men, 2006, Alfonso Cuaron, Clive Owen, in this movie. Basically, the same story. You're just going to change no more mutants in the future to nobody's having kids. There's no pregnant women. Now, 
uh, in in this movie, there's also an old mentor that dies halfway through. Michael Caine, instead of sa- saving uh, a mutant, he's protecting the pregnant woman. He dies at the end, saving them. Uh, it is a really, really good movie. There's a lot of similarities, but the movie, to its defense, pulls from a lot of a lot of references from a lot of movies. But wow, if you read this cracked article, you're like, it's the same fucking movie as Children of Men. That never even dawned yeah. on me. And I love that movie. It's me on neither, podcast, yes. yes. On demand. I've probably watched it six times in the last six months. Because I'll put it on as a background and just let it run because it's phenomenal. And I never drew that connection. But it's apt. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend Children of Men. It's it's a little more of a thoughtful, kind of the same movie, but more meaningful. That was, that was my problem with some of the R-rated violence is that it didn't seem to have enough of a payoff as maybe it should. It kind of felt like it was there just to be violent. Nah, I like, disagree. I, totally disagree. Look, Xavier could have went out actually doing something, maybe saving one of them, and then he gets killed, or a, an attempt instead of just dying. I don't know. No, it's thematic, man. It's it's Xavier being like, man, this is the best day ever. Like, I'm having a finally having a good day. And Wolverine yeah. again <laughs> kills somebody that he's, re- that he's close with. Like, the guy's having his best day ever. Yeah. That that's yeah. Wolverine. That's what happens to Wolverine all the time. That's the running theme of his life. Yeah, everyone he's scared, who's close to him. He, he's not yeah. fucking scared of of dying or anything. He's scared of falling in love with someone and or having a child and then that person having, being yeah. taken away from him. Yeah, and that yeah. that's that's why that I, that works for me. Is he's Professor X is literally dying because of Wolverine again. This happens again. That and that was also sad uh, in terms of where Laura is at the end of the movie. She just gets this family finally a little sense of normalcy normalcy for like a day or a week however they're on the road and then now she's they're all dead she's on her own again like it's so sad like she just bonded with these people she had a grandfather and a father figure and he it's his daughter and so and then just done gone and now she's on her own again and i would like to see wolverine live to mentor yes. them yes. on the other side. Yeah, I thought we would get a little bit of that, mm-hmm. a little more passing the torch kind of thing, uh, but instead she recites Shane and buries him and they go off their merry way. It happens. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> know if happens. you guys remember, but before they made this movie, Hugh Jackman put out this big call on Twitter. Yeah. It was like, what do you want to see? Yeah. And me, because I'm a super nerd like this, I wrote an entire script outline and sent it to his agent. You did. Yes. Whoa. Did you ever get a response from them? I never got a response, and I thought I never thought anything of it. I was like, oh, of course, they probably got inundated with nerds from all over the world sending these in. The one thing. Wait, so give us a quick, like, two minute outline. What okay. was this? Two minute outline. It Wolverine is living in, uh, let's see, it would have been Western Europe. He's like living in Ireland, just hanging out, doing his own thing. Okay. Kind of, you know, the way all the Wolverine movies start, he's on his own. Storm tracks him down. Okay. He hangs out with, you know, Storm for a while, and then they find out that shit's going crazy in uh, Eastern Europe. So Storm's got to go. She convinces Wolverine to come with him, and it's kind of the same thing. It becomes like this whole road trip ah. to find this mutant that's fucking things up in, uh, like, the Eastern Bloc, like, over by Russia. And along the way, they meet X-23, and then as they get closer to Russia, they meet up with Colossus, who's from Russia. And Deadpool shows up. Oh shit! You put Deadpool in this. Yeah, so it's like a whole, it's like a whole stripes thing, kind of, where they're like, uh, you know, going through the uh, behind the Iron Curtain to find this mutant. And of course, at the end, the mutant turns out to be none other than Omega Red. Oh shit! Who's one of the old uh, yeah. X Men yeah. villains? 
And then, you know, it was just an outline. It wasn't like a full script. So it was like, you know, at the end, you know, obviously he can die, he can retire. But what I thought would have been really cool is if they had him kind of become like a Nick Fury type character Uh. where he's like the older commander. He's not fighting anymore. He doesn't have to do all the workouts, but he's like the older commander type who's like behind the scenes with maybe like X-Force which they're trying to get together yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole time. And I always kind of thought like, you know, this probably didn't even get read, but there were some similarities. Well, not only, <laughs> not only were there similarities, I mean, obviously, you know, it wasn't like it was some genius, you know, out of left field idea. What the only thing that made me think that they read it was because I heard a story recently that they really heavily tried to recruit Halle Berry to come back for this movie. Oh yeah. Interesting. Which, I mean, that was kind of like my pipe dream idea because I love the idea of Wolverine and Storm together. I think it makes a lot more sense than the whole Wolverine Jean Grey thing. Yeah. So, Hmm. uh, yeah, when I read that whole thing about them trying to bring Storm back, that's that's what made me wonder. (laughs) They read it and they stole it and you ain't getting shit. Sorry. I I don't even care. I mean, (laughs) oh, shit. I don't right. care if they ripped it off word for word. The let's, movie was great. That's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, let's one last thing. They cast someone as Domino, uh, Zazie Beats. Uh, she's in Atlanta. Donald Glover's Atlanta. I don't know her, but Ryan Reynolds tweeted a picture with like her name spelled out in in uh, pebbles. But they have their Domino, and they're still looking for a cable. David Harbor, the guy from Stranger Things, who played the the cop. He's uh, they've been, uh, he's been the latest guy that's been rumored to maybe he could do a good job. He's uh, he's got the size. So Zazzy beats his domino. All right, let's end this with where should we rank this in terms of X Men movies out of the ten X Men movies? Where does it fall for you guys, uh, Rug Boy? Why don't you go first? Damn, that's a, this is a tough one. Um, or you could just give it a grade, but I kind of want to know where it falls in terms. I of I feel like it's in the top three. Yes. Or in the top four, something like that. Definitely, I'm going to say number two, X-Men is one of my favorites. X, X2. X2 is very good. Uh, I do like the um, the first class. Yeah. And I do like Age of Apocalypse. What? Not, A- not, I mean, not Age of Days Apocalypse. Days of Future Past, you mean? Day, Days of Future Past. I, I misspoke. And so I, and Wolverine's right up there with, with all of them. So this one is... Oh, you know, okay. Logan's up there with all of them. So those are, it's in good company. I feel like that uh, Logan is a better movie than, than um, some of them. Yeah. But, but I do think that I do like all those movies. So it's in the top four. Kevin. I'm about the same. I'm, I'm actually a first class hater. Oh. <laughs> I, I did not. I was not a fan of first class. Don't like the Matthew Vaughn first class. Huh? I, I didn't, but, uh, you know, X X two. It's definitely the best Wolverine movie solo, and yeah, I would definitely put it in the top. It's got to be top two with uh, X two, and if it was top three, I I don't know where Deadpool falls in there, but it's definitely definitely the top three with Deadpool and X two. For me, Deadpool is yeah, definitely up there. It's for me, it's like top one or two of, and it, you know, like we said, there's ten movies, seventeen years, and really only four of them are really good. Uh, you know, basically, honestly. So it took him a long time to get, so, and one of them being X2, you know, from way back when. But I would say th- it's almost like this and, and Deadpool being one and two. I don't know it would flip, but uh, that's where I put it, Anthony. So I'm I'm one of those guys that doesn't think X2 is all that great. I think it's actually kind of really? boring. Um, yeah. Aww. And uh, 
I would rank it. I got him number one for sure. It's I mean Logan for me number one, and then I, I see I don't even think Deadpool's that great. I, I would go with like Logan for sure number one, Days of Future Past, First Class, and then you can throw in like X two or Deadpool somewhere in there. Actually, I would even I would even rank the Wolverine above X two and Deadpool. So there you go. Logan for me clearly number one. I think this movie also joins the pantheon of uh, your Spider Man two. Yep. Uh, you know, your your Avengers, Dark your uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Dark Knight. This is cream of the crop shit right yeah, here in terms Superman, of... Superman, just gr- right up there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> snap. Oh, uh, shit. Cre- I mean, gritty without being dark and, and, and meaningful and finally getting, like, a, a, the perfect realistic tone for uh, characters you love, uh, you've loved for 17 years. So, good stuff. All right, before we peace out, we're going to do a little science, superhero science segment. Uh, so if you haven't listened, listener, I think it was episode 155, Science and Superheroes. We have a listener. He's a wildlife toxicologist, the PhD, Adam Morris. He is our official podcast science advisor. That's a great episode. We geek out about the science of superheroes. And I asked him about Spider-Man's powers because in the 80s, there was an issue where Electro pulled all the static electricity out of the air and Spidey just fell off the wall. And I was like, oh, shit. Can, is that a thing? Can he do that? Is that how spiders do it? And here we have our answer from Adam Morris. Hello, everyone. This is the official jock and nerd science advisor, Dr. Adam Morris. I'm just replying to Imran's question about how spiders are able to adhere to different surfaces and also whether or not Electro would be able to blast Spider-Man off of a surface with an electric charge of some kind or another. So first, we'll talk a little bit about how chemistry works in general and how bonds work. So ionic bonds are the most common, and most people know about those. You have a positive and a negative ion. They're attracted to each other because of their opposite charges, and they bind together very strongly. Um, So sodium chloride is the best example, table salt. We also have covalent bonds, and covalent bonds are also very strong attractions where atoms are sharing electrons between them, and uh, carbon and hydrogen are the most common covalent bonds that you'll find in nature. Now, in addition to the bonding, there's all kinds of other intermolecular forces, we call them, that uh, draw things together or apart. And one of those is electrostatic forces, which is what Imran's question was initially about. But we're going to talk about Van der Waals forces, because those are actually how spiders stick to walls. And Van der Waals forces are, are similar to electrostatic forces in some ways, but it's more about the surface area of the two things that are, are coming together. So as two molecules are coming approaching each other, they have the positive section in the middle where the protons and neutrons are bound together, and then they have the electrons on the outside. They form a cloud, and that's, these electrons are just whizzing around. They create a negative kind of electric field on the outside of the, of the molecule. So as two molecules are coming together, the electric fields are repelling each other, but the positive central parts are also attracting the opposite electric field. So two things will become more or less adhered together by a very weak electric force. And again, compared to an ionic bond or a covalent bond, this is a very, very weak force. But the strength in van der Waals forces is when it's spread over a large surface area. So the larger the positive and negative charge on each of the two things that are coming closer together, the stronger the force is. And that is how spiders are able to adhere to things. So at the end of the spider foot, the chitin, which is a huge part of the exoskeleton of any arthropod, um, any shelled kind of organism, is extended down into these fine hair-like fibers, and they extend further and further on a microscopic scale until you get to these things called setula. And the setula increase the surface area of the spider foot by, I'm not sure exactly, but I think hundreds or thousands of times. So essentially the spiders are walking around with these big sticky pads at the end of their feet, 
that are disproportionately large compared to the actual size of the foot because of the surface area of the setula. Now, as to whether Electro would be able to dislodge Spider-Man from the wall using an electric blast, initially I said no, but now that I've been thinking about it, anything that would disrupt the general kind of electronic configuration of the atoms on the outer surface or on the surface of the spider or spider-man could potentially dislodge them from the surface so i'm going to say yeah i think that would actually potentially work barring that the electric charge could also disrupt spider-man's musculature and his nervous system and things like that which may play a role in him being able to adhere to the wall Um, i'm not sure how it all works in spiders but anyway that's the best answer i can give for you guys right now hope it's good enough thank you very much Wow, we got schooled. You guys take notes? There's going to be a quiz afterwards. I, I would add something, but it would just be dumb in comparison. <laughs> I know. He's so smart. I love it. Dude, thank you so much, Adam Morris. That's that's what I wanted to know. Listener, if you have a nerdy science superhero question that you want Adam Morris to answer, send it in. Let us know. We'll pass it on, and we will get the answer. I kind of like a, uh, this geeky out. We get, like, super smart at the end of the show after talking bullshit. It's great. <laughs> My brain is broke. <laughs> My brain. I don't even think Rugbuck can handle that. Kevin, man, thanks for hanging out. Uh, thanks for your X-Men love. Uh, wh- tell the listener where they can find you and uh, what you do. Uh, I'm an artist by trade. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Antihero with no punctuation or on the Facebook machine at uh, Kevin Stencils. Uh, that's about it. My Twitter was created and I tweeted once and that was it. So <laughs> don't uh, bother uh, trying to find me there. <laughs> Uh, the man does really good stencil art. You take commissions at all? I do. All right, I do. Then. And uh, I'll, you know, if you follow me on my page, I'll probably be doing art shows and stuff coming up this summer. It's, uh, yeah. Listener, check out his work. You may like it. You get some nice art for your living room. Rug Boy, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Really Rug Boy. So come by and say hello and. You can tell me to fuck off. Oh, hello. Anthony does. <laughs> Go fuck off. <laughs> I heard a Mitch Hedberg joke today. He goes, I told the audience to fuck off, but I felt bad, so I said, fuck back on. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg. Uh, look, listen, listener, thanks for listening. Subscribe at iTunes. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash review. Takes you to our iTunes page. You can leave us a rating and reviewing. And tell a friend. Spread the geekery. Grab someone's phone. Subscribe them and give them one of these. Jock and Nerd. And then throw their phone uh, at them with us subscribed in uh, iTunes. That's all you got to do. That would help us out. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. This is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. We'll catch you next time. Go on, Snoochie Moochies.